Like, well, easy, hey, Fortune. well, easy, easy. Fortune's losing his mind in the chat. Fortune. He is he's ready for us to talk about Cardi Land, and I don't blame him because that's what this whole show's about. So, what's up, you beautiful people, and welcome to uh, well, I'm Gary Horton. This, this is. This is the NWA. It's the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And this is, this is the NWA After Dark, where nothing is off limits. And as always, I am joined by one of my hosts, Will Martin. Not my host, Hello. one of the other hosts. Yeah. And, uh, and the doctor, uh, adorable... Rob Stinson. Doc McLovin. <laughs> Dr. McLovin. And our special guest tonight is uh, the famous or infamous. The uh, mysterious. The mysterious. He was in the crowd at the NWA power tapings. He may have even been there on times you didn't see him because you only know him with the mask on. But has he been there with the mask off? Nobody knows. It's crazy. Please, it's please the masked fan. Yeah. Hey, welcome, masked fan. And uh, mass fan, my God, you were you were on the episode tonight. You were on Cardiland, so congrats yeah. on that too. That was your television I'll debut. Tell you, tell you, Mongrovia is not the easiest. Easiest, you know. I use Verizon, and you know how you know how much they upcharge me calling to Mongrovia. So I'm gonna have to. I talk to my dad and see if he can count me that. Yeah, that's I don't. Good idea. Long distance. Have bills to pay. Uh, I didn't even know Montgrovia had cell towers, so it was. Uh, uh, they got like they have like one, and I nobody knows except him where it is, and I somehow got through. I don't, I don't know. Gotcha. I've been trying for weeks. Well, folks, uh, we got people antsy in the chat, so we are going to get talking about Cardi Land. We're going to answer a lot of questions. What's going on with the scandal that just rocked Cardi Land today? Also, the ultimate question of all time vhs or beta we're going to talk about all of it but uh mass fan uh just if people don't know you uh you you're going to show up on an episode obviously so we'll where we get more in depth of it I, i've got you scheduled and already recorded in an episode got me in the WA archives Rewind. yeah you're in the archives but uh do you do you want to tell anybody about you where where they can find you what you do what what your thing is i'm gonna keep to the the, the mysterious part of things uh just check out gary's episode when that drops in a few weeks and you'll you know you'll learn all you need to know about who the mass fan is and how i came to be cheap plug for the show yeah and the mass fan does have his own youtube show and it's fantastic you guys should definitely check that out all right so uh let's jump into cardi land because that's what everybody's here for they're sick of us uh shooting the breeze here uh if you got questions and comments, drop them in the chat. That's what we're here for. So we want to interact with you guys, and I promise we'll be better about it here. We took forever setting up, but now we're good to go. Uh, this episode of Cardi Land started with Eli Drake. And, uh, of course, Mr. Drake uh, was giving his pitch for Cardi Land, and uh, he's the kind of guy, I mean, it sounded like his basic baseline promise is that he will stand up and speak his mind. He'll stand up for you he'll speak for you he will be a champion for change where do you guys land how are you feeling about eli drake's chances so far uh in the cardi land mayoral race well we'll start, we'll start with rob 
Yeah. <laughs> with Rob. Rob's the biggest the Eli Drake fan get here. Get out of the way. Sorry, you sorry. Um, Eli Drake, man, he's one that, uh, again, you know, I have mixed emotions about him. Uh, well, they're not really mixed. They're mostly on one side of things, and then there's a, a smattering, a, a smidgen of appreciation for him. Um, he speaks his own mind. That's his thing. What I, what I thought was interesting is that he never once mentioned the word mayor in this ad. Go back and watch it. I had to go back. He never says running for mayor. He just says, you know, I'll – so for, for a minute – when I was watching this, I was like, is this a, a campaign ad or is this a, a, another one of the, like the, like what Eddie Kingston did last week? You know, is this something just a general PSA about speaking up for people when you see um, injustice and that kind of thing? Uh, but he does, I imagine it's a, it's a mayoral campaign ad. And he, uh, he says in it that uh, um, he will, when you need change in the world, you need someone who will speak your mind. And Eli has always spoke his mind. He's lost many jobs for it. And therefore I cannot, uh, endorse Eli Drake premier because I know that this will also be another job that he will lose uh, on the basis of the fact that he always speaks his mind. And one has the right to speak your mind, but that doesn't mean you should always do it. <laughs> uh, Rob is never one to hide his feelings. So we appreciate him for that. Thank you, doctor. Uh, Much like will before, yeah. What will, where, where are you landed on Eli right now? That was good. That's interesting that he didn't mention mayor. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it now with that in my mind because I just already have the assumption. Uh, but he did say vote, right? I mean, he talked about a vote for Eli Drake. So I, I don't think remember if he even said that. I, I see I, I, for the whole time I was thinking this is a this is another PSA, and I thought it was pretty good. I really did. I thought he I thought it was uh, along the lines of hey, you know, we need to speak out, I and mean, if you see something, you need to be one to speak on behalf of others. That's where I thought he was going. And then towards the end, when he started talking about change in Carneyland, then it was like, oh, this is a campaign ad. So it was kind of good in that sense. Like it had me kind of intrigued about what it, what he was trying to get at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm probably not going to vote for him, but it, it was it was OK for me. Sorry, my mic's getting screwy. Mass fan, where, where, how, how do you feel? Like, uh, you know, as far as the mayoral race and Eli Drake. First off, Mass Premier, but uh, Eli Drake, uh, he didn't really have per se like my my vote. It's not. Nah, I don't think it's you know it's a bad. His things are bad. I didn't realize he didn't say mayor or ask anybody really to even vote for him either. That uh, was you know good of you since to pick that up. So. I don't know. Uh, he didn't. He didn't initially have my vote, but I like what he's doing. But he still doesn't have my vote now. So. Hmm. All right. Well, you just heard Rob's support. He's <laughs> nodding in agreement. Uh, well, that's that's fine. I will move on from Eli Drake now. Uh, the hey, look, next thing up is. Can I can I ahead. tell Mass Man? I don't know. I, I think he's been watching it just so he knows. You know, I'm not. I'm with you. I don't. I don't. I'm not anti-Eli Drake. I think that the last two episodes have been overwhelmingly positive. They've been really good. They've been right. practical. But I'm with you. Like, uh, you know, there's a, there's, it doesn't have that factor that pushes them to the upper echelon. Um, he's okay where he's at right now. Well, all right. <laughs> well, I hope he, hopefully he's not watching today. Uh, so the next thing, it leads us into our big topic of discussion. I'm sure tonight, like Fortson's just itching in the chat to bring this up but we get to uh nick aldis and we got it all this promo just a standard mayoral candidate promo but it gets interrupted by danny deals and danny deals giving him a lot of coaching so it's a little 
fishy, I guess is the best word I can think of to describe this whole thing, like what's going on here. And uh, uh, Danny Deals is like telling him not to promise too much or not to, I don't know. He seems, seems skeezier than Aldous, if that makes any sense. Am I reading the situation right? Does it seem that way? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Rob, I see you getting giddy in the the corner. Because you used the word skeezy twice tonight. Once in reference to me and once in reference to Danny Beals. (laughs) So I take umbrage at that. (laughs) Dr. Deals over here. (laughs) Doc McLovin. Doc McLovin and Danny Deals are not not in the same category. But he does say, I love that Danny Deals said, don't ever speak in ultimates. And he says, he says, you know, you ought to say something like, hold on. He says, you ought to say something like, hey, you know, at least it's not raining outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a big thing, man. It's so, that's so entertaining. Uh, I, I love those a lot. Danny Deals is so like intolerable, but at the same time, he's really fun to watch. Well, that brings us to an, an excellent place. Uh, the next thing up, I believe, is the actual question mark promo. And uh, we question mark gets a call on the, the love line or the question line or whatever. And uh, the question comes from somebody we're Talks familiar of the with times. Right Talks of the times. Talks of the times. It's, yep. And uh, so... Mass fan, you called in to the question mark, and you uh, asked him how you keep a long-lasting marriage, a happy and long-lasting marriage, I believe. And uh, he, what's what's the he, what's that term? Uh, I'm, I was asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the advice he gave you in one word is daffodil. Does that uh, did that help you along? Did you did you take that to heart? And has uh, it, maybe maybe he was trying to say give flowers and I, I don't i don't i don't know i was i was a little confused confused myself huh doc do you have any analysis of that uh giving your uh education background and, and i i don't know if the mass man was able to see the the sort of the translations there was at one point where he uh he uh the translators uh, from uh, from Google Translate Mongrovia translate listen at one point. So I, I imagine he's saying that you ought to uh, to listen. But the daffodil thing, it's like that's a riddle right there, man. Because I think you know, I know that uh, I know that uh, that the question mark passes through Chattanooga on his way down to the studio, and I know that Chattanooga is famous for its daffodils. And the, mm. the, the nice daffodil grub that's outside of Il Primo restaurant, the Italian restaurant, Hicks and Pike. So I think what he was saying is you need to take your wife frequently on dates to nice Italian restaurants or Mongrobian restaurants, you know. See, you're really good at like just picking things, picking things apart like that. I, I didn't even, didn't even catch yeah, any of that. Now, I'm not familiar yeah. with Tennessee either or that, or the restaurant you were, you were talking about, but. I wasn't familiar with those things either. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, yeah, just that investigative analysis, man. You know, I'm the, uh, uh, I'll be the next uh, star of National Treasure, man, because I'm just picking up those riddles and clues. I know we blew Fortune, Fortune's mind in the chat. He's like, what the heck is he talking about? I wish I could see the chat. Let's see. Well, you can just uh, – oh, if you're doing this on your phone, it's probably more difficult, but, yeah. Yeah, I am. Can, uh, well, well, just trust us. 
uh, they're, they're talking about how good you look tonight. That's from the Fortson, so take that how you will. I've got a question for the mass fan, and and I don't want to go into too much uh, backstage stuff, but like how 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 were you uh, how did you how were you invited? Did you just call, or did you uh, did you send your question in, or how were how did the process happen of you getting on uh, that particular segment? Let's let's say it was not really about the journey, but about the destination. The journey wasn't fun. It was not fun. This had been something. I guess I could talk about it now since it's already out. But this had been something we had. I'd filmed several different things for the question mark for the segment weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and it was. I was like, man, I want to tell everybody, but he told me not to tell anybody, and so. This was just something that I filmed, and then he said something came up that it wasn't going to show. He, you know, it was supposed to show a few weeks ago, and then some. I don't, I don't know. Some things happened. Some things got bounced around, and then uh, when when he when they sent out that first one last week, oh, you know, send in your questions to the question mark, and I was like, this is this is where it's got to happen. You know, we've been trying for weeks at least. You know, this is the opportunity. So I reached out to him, and you know, we got some things going, and was able to get, you know, at least that part for the, the episode tonight. I was going to ask him. Sorry. Are you speaking through his translator, Juan Waco, when you talk to him? I can neither confirm nor deny. Got you. Understood. Um, Understood. Yeah, he, I, I tried, I had another question. I was like, so let's get the world, you know, let's, let's see what the, what you say so that the world knows, are you really my father? Well, that wasn't a fun conversation, so we changed it. <laughs> I imagine that money gets involved when all of that comes out. So, uh, for the sake of the NWA and uh, his his bank account, that uh, that will probably never get discussed. His bank account is just question marks. <laughs> yeah, Dang. which yeah. <laughs> nobody knows uh, how much he actually has. Uh, uh, so moving on from there, we got a weird ad from, uh, about Zicky Dice. I thought it was going to be a Zicky Dice, uh, candidacy ad, but it was actually, uh, or a campaign ad, I should say, but it was, uh, kind of an anti Zicky Dice ad saying, uh, we can't have a paper champion. Uh, we can't have a living peacock, uh, what else did they say? It was like a, a belligerent uh, person afraid to step up to a challenge. Um, used car salesman. That was the other one I couldn't think of. But uh, and then it just said it was paid for by the uh, campaign for Zicky Dice is stupid and so is everybody who likes it. What did you guys think of that? It was outlandish. <laughs> outlandish. <laughs> Well, Will, I mean, you've been quiet over there. What are, what are you doing? I, I was just still just so taken aback by the good doctor's uh, interpretation of, of the word daffodil. That <laughs> just, my mind is still mush from that. Um, yeah, this this was surprising. I, I mean, we don't know who who uh, who orchestrated this smear campaign <laughs> against the uh, against the must see TV champ. Uh, I've got some theories just watching the video, but you just never know, you know. What do you guys think? Who did it? Well, well it's interesting. One of the first people I saw retweet it was uh, Miss Marty Bell. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but she, <laughs> no, she I retweeted. Didn't, I didn't see that. 
Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. A, with asked a her weird she emoji. And... Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, like, I, I feel like that 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 promo was something like, and again, I'm not trying to get political, but and I don't mean to. I don't want him to take this as an insult or a compliment anyway, but. I feel like Zicky's response to that ad would have been very Trumpian. Like he wouldn't have denied any of it. He would have looked at all of the things that were said in there as positives. You know, it's kind of like when <laughs> Trump was accused of like, "Hey, as you being a, a, as you being wealthy, are you being a wealthy man? Is that going to hurt your chances of winning in 2016? Look at what happened to Mitt Romney." And Trump responds with, "Mitt Romney's not wealthy." <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't deny <laughs> anything. He just flips it on his head. So I feel like everything that was said in that ad is something like Zicky would like. Yeah, that's all true. What's so bad? What's bad about it? it's just outlandishness? It just own up to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's another storyline that's going to play out over time, probably. So uh, I don't know. Fortson's in the chat betting it had something to do with uh, Danny Deals as well. So I mean, I wouldn't put it past Danny Deals uh, to have an involvement. Danny Deals feels like he's got his hands at everything. Uh, no, I I bet it was somebody from Strictly Business, you know, throwing something together to run that smear campaign. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting thought because that was what I saw, and I was actually just now rewatching it on my phone in slow motion because there's one shot. Uh, this is what we do here, okay? If Rob can interpret daffodil. Oh, hey. I can watch in slow motion and come up with theories, conspiracy. This is why I like having you guys around. But there is uh, a one scene, and I can't scrolling. It's hard to find. Uh, here it is. I don't know if you can see who's in the background there. Right. Thomas Latmer. Yes. Now, and now, uh, if you slow that scene down, Zicky's walking by. He's running his mouth. And then it cuts in really close for a second on, on Tom. And he's cutting a promo, and then it cuts to something else. It wasn't Thomas that night that that scene ha actually happened. Didn't he uh, express some kind of annoyance when Zicky walked by him? Remember, Zicky had just went. Now you were there, Mass fan. Gary was yeah. there. I don't. Will you weren't there that, but but. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything because I'm not sure how far you are along in power. But you know that Zicky Dice wins the TV championship, obviously. Yeah, Zeke had just defeated Ricky Starks. He had just defeated Ricky Starks for the title. He's going out there to the podium, and Tom Latimer comes out and calls Joe Galley out uh, about something to do with Camille. And at that point, he just he like bullies uh, Zeke Dice out of the way, and Zeke kind of walks away. So you might be onto something, Will. I just I think mm. it's planting planting those seeds, man. Yeah. When we get back to wrestling, somebody uh, might be coming after that TV title. That's a that's a really good point, and somebody has to challenge for it. I, I mean, if you were a part of, uh, I think it's okay to talk. You know what? Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 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 No, I completely interrupted you. I apologize. No, I'm sorry. You're the guest. If you have something, to go ahead. And say it. I, I was gonna say. So you know, the, the TV champion. What is it? If you get like seven defenses in a row, something like that. You yeah, lucky seven. It. Yeah. So, what if? Latmer wins. This leads to something like that. Nate wins. Now he's got the TV title, and as they loom closer and closer to him, getting closer to that seven as Nick Aldis is world champion, maybe some tension mm. comes along there in a strictly business. Interesting thought. That is an interesting thought. There you go, I, like I just I, like I just wrote out like six months six months of storyline for you. I'll be looking for <laughs> uh, checking. Hope you're out. hope you're still in the chat, Legata. Mass fans, right in the show. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I was going to say that 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 sounds like an interesting uh, idea. But I mean, you've got folks in the uh, chat saying, I mean, Fortson thinks Danny Deals is a cancer. And uh, but then I saw like right before that, people thought Danny Deals was involved. Uh, but front row is saying Danny Deals is just misunderstood. He's trying to make things happen. So uh, a lot of discussion right now around this based around Danny Deals. So I just, uh, I think that's interesting. The uh, the chat was uh, going what going into this. We're getting uh, wrestling with the MMA in the chat talking about that your your theory is not way off. Latimer has previously turned on Aldis back in uh, Impact. So who knows? They've got history. Cody Rhodes, leave me alone. Um, yeah, no, that that would. Oh, sorry. Would be... Yeah, don't let us don't let us interrupt your your combo with Cody Rhodes. No, I signed up for his <laughs> like text thing. He like sends messages and pictures of his dog, but he never replies. So I just ignore him now. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> let's uh let's move on and let's talk about uh my favorite part of the show. Personally, I, 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 this is slowly building for me, but uh, Esther Addington, uh, she's got a lot of sits, and she's uh comforting like mama's apple pie don't you want to take a slice i do no uh, fancy <laughs> fancy uh she you you want to take her like a fancy feather in your hat uh, just stop and listen <laughs> i want don't hate i just want the bester and <laughs> i don't know why everybody's not on board with that already so you guys aren't feeling uh esther addington yet yeah <sighs> The level of cringe. Ooh. No, I'm just not. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of funny, but it's it's exploring a side of the personality of Allison K and what she's able to do, like outside of her comfort zone, being Allison K, just trying something with a different character. Obviously, I don't think it'd be anything we'd see on Power, but what? just part. Pardon me. What, what what the hell are you talking about? Esther, <laughs> Esther Addington. Yeah, we're talking about Esther Addington. You're like you're on a different segment, brother. Brother, it's, it's we're Esther Addington's what we're talking about. Gary, Gary, Gary lives in kayfabe world, so you can't, you can't, uh, you can't talk about reality. I, I'm gonna tell you this, oh. not Gary though. Gary has got fantastic taste because there for a long time was like me and Gary were the only people in the world that said, hey, man, there's something special about the spiritual advisor. She is, this chick is sizzling. And I'm with you, man. Whatever, <laughs> Esther, I don't can't put my finger on it, but I'm seeing it, and I'm liking it. I like Esther. I, I like her. Man. I'm with you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you so much. Will, Will, where do you land on Esther? You look confused over there, and it's starting to worry me a little bit. Um, what, what are you thinking this about? Is what I, this is just always what I look like. Um... <laughs> just bringing in more uh useless conspiracy theories uh when you turn on the auto generated uh closed captioning instead of uh saying if you want the bester go with esther it says if you want the bastard go with esther so i don't know what that means i don't, I don't know if that's a if that's a, i know they're auto generated by youtube and so nobody really controls them but you know i don't know well, think about just me? dropped a uh, hashtag thirsty Stinson in the chat, and I hope that that starts trending. That would be nice. <laughs> well, he's got to be thirsty. Those Gardettos he's been slamming. 
I know, man. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, though, Will, uh, to take the spotlight out. Sports are always trying to steal the spotlight, man. So it's not all about <laughs> you, dude. All right? Anyway, uh, here's the thing about your conspiracy theory. You don't think David Lagana knows about those uh, those uh, uh, transcriptions? Hmm. If he doesn't, he doesn't know. I don't think a transcription know. gets away, uh, by Lagana's attention, man. Can you can you even? I'm curious because I don't I don't know that we can. Let's see here. Subtitles, English. I was looking to see if if ours shows subtitles when I throw them on right now, and they're they're definitely not not on YouTube. <laughs> so I was thinking I looked into this, and you're supposed to like pay to get things transcribed so that you can load that into your video. So that I, I'm not above believing that that is a subtle clue from David Lagana. Hmm. Uh, maybe maybe. So that so that's I always thought that that was just available to do the closed captioning for for any any video. I didn't realize you, that was something extra you had to pay for to put on your channel. Well, I know that when I when I load videos up for this thing, it always asks if you have like the closed captioning or, or whatever for it. So just kind of interesting, just a thought. Uh, but but you know, speaking of Esther Addington and bastards, uh, the next thing up is a totally different kind of person allison k's out mm -hmm. and uh she's she's getting talked to by joe galley and uh allison k uh you know galley's asking her if she's the one that's going to drop out of the race and uh she says no this is where she belongs and and she'll fight for you like literally she'll fight for you like if you have a boss that's driving you nuts she will come powerbomb him through the desk somebody driving you crazy and she'll throw them out a window. Um, and uh, then they like ask that. her about, yeah, they talk to her about Esther and she says that Esther is a piece of dookie. We'll just keep a PG there. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I don't know. Uh, Allison Kate, not a fan says that Esther just like lures you in and talks in circles, but never actually uh, gets anything done. So there's a rivalry between Esther Addington and Allison Kay, it seems like. Do they know each other? Hmm. They hinted at it um, in Esther's first promo, but I, it sounds like they, they definitely have a history somehow. There's definitely they don't a background. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, they don't I, seem like they'd hang out because like Esther appears to be so much older. I would say re more refined. Well, here's uh, here's my question: Are are we gonna have? I know the elections next week, but are we gonna have debates? Because I would love to personally see Allison Kay and Esther Addington in the same room together talking about the issues, uh, and I would just like to see where they land together at the same time in the same room. And I think that would just help me make a decision. That that'd be a possibility. <laughs> It would be up to, it just, it would drive you nuts. It was though, like, I don't know. It's just like something you don't want to see because you like the people so much. It'd be like asking for a mixed tag between like Esther and Josephus versus question mark and Allison Gay. Oh, like you I, just, I was going to bring you know, that up too, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a great match, I'm sure. But yeah. it's like, does the world really want to have that match? Yes. Yeah. I want to see it. I'd like to see it. I would too. Yeah, I wonder if if next week if we'll see something like a, a town hall a town hall style debate, because the election uh, the the voting opens up at seven o'clock, 
So I wonder if we'll see a town hall style debate where they're all on the stage together talking about the issues like VHS versus beta and many of the other things that were brought up tonight. But uh, I, I did like, I have to point out Allison Kay's, uh, I don't know if it's her official campaign slogan, but I, I, point, uh, I like to point out that she mentioned she will crack skulls for justice. And oh yeah. That looks one. like that would be a great, I'm not, that wouldn't even be a great, that wouldn't even be a great t-shirt. That'd be a great tattoo right there. Crack skulls, crack skulls for, justice. for justice. Yeah. I could see, I could see the doctor with that right here, Rob. Right here. No, the, I put it on. It's like I a big, a big I put skull it on my lower back. Oh, oh tramp stamp style. Tramp stamp? Is that, is that what they call it? No, you know, I'm just yeah, on my lower back. <laughs> lower back, like right above my waistline. The right side oh, of my really? That'd be cool. Might as well be a bullseye. <laughs> We call we'll call that a Stinson stamp. <laughs> Apparently, all in favor. A skeezy stamp or something. Uh, uh, WWE front row wants us to take a moment and appreciate how darn good Joe Galley is, and I agree. Joe Galley is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a. Uh, I, I enjoy. enjoy he's a, he's, he's won an Emmy. Has he? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you've. Uh, seen yeah. that like he never brings it up he's pretty humble but but he's definitely <laughs> one at Emmy. I, I love Joe Galley uh, like from from when I first started watching uh, NWA um, you know back months and months ago um, he like he he's definitely the voice he it's it's like a refreshing change of pace for me Ooh. I guess like when you're coming from that WWE Michael Cole like yeah. I love I love Joe Galley. Um, yeah, I like him. That's fantastic. It sounds like you are wrestling with a chair over there. I just want you to know that. It just Don't like put the focus on me. We're talking about Joe Galley and putting him over. Okay. He's deflecting. Sorry. You're deflecting, Gary. <laughs> uh, like God is in the chat and said, I need to stop sliding into his DMs trying to get Esther's MySpace. Who's mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> DMs? Legata. Oh. I will not though, because I can't. I can't help it. Hot is hot. You know what I'm saying. So it's just the way it is. Right. Uh, so let's uh, before before things get really uncomfortable. The next thing we had up was Danny Deals having a uh, seat with Tom and Camille. And so this this could. I mean, this goes back a little bit to what you guys were talking about before with. Uh, you know, is Tom behind the Zicky Dice promo? Like, what's going on there? Is Danny Deals in collusion? Well, obviously, he's working with Strictly Business. And, uh, but I don't know. They don't seem very comfortable with him. I, I don't know if you guys got that impersonation, that, uh, or impersonation, impression. That, uh, Tom and Camille seem to have no idea what <laughs> Danny Deals is talking about at any point during this entire segment. Although, I will say, I enjoyed this entire uh this entire segment with uh danny just talking about camille just yap 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 and it needs to <laughs> you know don't tell nick he doesn't need to know anything and tom's like what are you talking about perfect and uh but you 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 talk too much it was uh pretty great pretty great stuff from danny deals I mean, he's growing on me from the mama storm days uh you guys got any thoughts so far about this segment no it was good i, I like i like that touch about insinuating that Camille who never talks talks too much that was funny yeah that was pretty funny and he's wearing that EC3 or uh champion 2015 shirt so I don't know if that's alluding to the end of NWA signing EC3 
excellent boy mast fan didn't something get brought up a couple of weeks back about something nwa signing somebody but they never like announced who it was or something like that i am not familiar with that particular thing now i do know there was a statement on inside the nwa where uh our president william patrick corgan did say uh out of a lot of those talent that were talents that were released from wwe so he he did drop ec3 as a name he would be interested in working with that he likes him because they probably work together in impact right uh when they he had his time there i guess yeah, I believe that's that's accurate. Maybe even Lagana as well. I you know I don't know that for a fact, but I imagine that that's the case. And uh, EC3, man, he's been pretty impressive since he's he's been away from WWE. He's he, he's been putting the work and grinding it out on social media and just uh, doing his own stuff, his own videos, and got his own like brand going. I literally, I just the other day in the mail got a package with two EC3 shirts. I got the uh, three lines and I got the control your narrative shirt because I dug them. Non-essential I, three. I just, yeah, I uh, yeah, I man, made that I love, I love what he's doing. Yeah, I, I, and I hate to I hate to read too deeply into things, but I'd made that note also about that shirt, which reminded me that I'd made another note about last week. I don't know if we brought it up on our Sunday live stream, but uh Gary, um, I mean, Will and one of his, uh, hey, it's Will Daly's uh, referred us to the Ring of Honor uh, week by week show in which Nick Aldis calls out, puts the Ring of Honor on notice. But I pointed out that, you know, Aldis is wearing a Crockett cup pin in that in that uh, uh, promo. Oh, yeah, Again, I, I don't want to read too much, but I did notice that EC3 shirt. I thought that's a very, very good, good pickup there, Mass fan. Yeah. I could see him be like the NWA, like national champion or something at some point. Man, you guys are, uh, you guys, are, you guys are attributing some uh, excellent writing here to Lagana, and I don't know if he deserves all that, but I just, uh, just uh, you know, you're giving him like lost levels of uh, of secrets and Easter eggs and stuff like that. And that's that's kind of interesting. His old Damon Lindelof over here, J.J. Abrams, even. Uh, wrestling with the MMA. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's got to call in a night because of work. We hope you'll catch the rest later. Hey, we hey, hey, before you go wrestling with the MMA, I want you to hear this. We do at the end of the show, we do a put over and put under segment. And I'm going to go ahead and put my guys over right now, if you don't mind. I want to put over the Fortson and wrestling with the MMA. Gosh, it, it kills me to do this. But uh, we released the day 600 video. And uh, pretty much we got everybody that, that was willing to participate or comfortable to contribute. And most everybody in the family that I think we missed a couple. Like I had trouble finding uh, Romano's uh, contact information. There was a couple others that I missed. Uh, we'll get them later. But uh, we all were on there for about five seconds. I think we appeared twice or three times a piece. But I felt like the Fortson and wrestling with the MMA were so good at what they did that I had to put their whole their whole – diatribes in there so hilarious and they got a shout out by nick all this later too a shout out that you know despite their opposing views he appreciated them being in there so i want to put over before and i'll touch on this again uh, at the end but i want to put over the strictly resistance faction we disagree but we're still nwa fam and i appreciate your contributions it really stole the show man good job guys and a uh, big man of uh big of nick aldis to uh to to put those guys over, even though they are in the strictly <laughs> resistance uh, camp. Well, that's that's you know? just being Nick Aldis being the bigger man, right? 
Yeah, literally. Indeed. Fortson's Fortson's not going to like any of that, and he's got plenty uh, of stuff to say. He, he's Ammo. actually in there right now. Definition of a backhanded compliment from the champ. So uh, he's a he's a he's a puppeteer, man. He's a he's going to win you over, Fortson. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna hear more about all this in just a moment. Uh, the next thing up, though, is uh, your boy Josephus is uh, dropping another beat. Uh, put my name, put my name, put my name on the ballot. Put my name, put my name, put my name on the ballot. It's pretty, he's got he's just like second week in a row with some catchy songs, and uh, he's technically not on the ballot. But you could, I guess, write him in. I guess we'll see if that's a possibility, and it's tempting. Josephus is uh is a yeah i'm enjoying his his little videos they're fine yeah he knows uh he knows the real issues that's for sure and it's vhs or beta uh so uh will you have any thoughts on josephus and uh vhs or beta i I just keep looking on spotify every week just to see like if the mixtape is coming out like i need these songs (laughs) for my commute for my workouts for apple itunes yeah, I got to I don't where where is going to drop? Are these on Bandcamp or something? Let me know. I gotta, Napster. I think you can get it on Napster. Napster. Yeah. <laughs> Napster. Maybe I downloaded off of a uh, LimeWire. Oh yeah. Okay. I haven't checked those platforms. I need to get on there. But God, I'm sure you don't have enough on your plate right now, so uh you know, but when you get a second <laughs> just uh share it on the interwebs. Uh, Doc, best fan, anything to add before we move on to the next thing? Again, I think Josephus is like, um, to me, he is what we, what we see is only ever the surface with him. He is in my mind, like the most, the brilliant, most, um, most complex character or person that we personality, not character, but personality that we have in the NWA. And there are illusions there that you only ever grasp just threads of he's so good and so uh i just love seeing him because i'm always like and there may be maybe there's nothing there but every time i'm listening i'm like listening it's like national treasure i'm listening for clues and for little hints and innuendos at things and all that but i i, I you know i've told you guys before i i'm trying to collect the uh, collected sayings and teachings of uh, josephus to to uh to put out kind of like a daily devotional type thing on the on twitter <laughs> and all that. but uh, i just love i love josephus man i, I my dream is if we can't get him on here, at least for, uh, you know, the bearded trio to sit with him off camera and just talk, man, just talk philosophy, film, have a scotch or a bourbon or something like that and just talk, man. You know, I, I love, I'm a, I'm huge about, there's this That'd question. That'd be a good listen. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, um, uh, one of the things that town, and you know this, I think we all know this, uh, town council members are going to get to have a discussion on Thursday about who is on that Mount Rushmore for the NWA. And if you're talking about like the, the rebrand, for me, it's got to be Tim Storm, Nick Aldis, Josephus for sure, and Alice. Thunder Rosa. Well, I would say Thunder Rosa, but she, you know, she wasn't on that initial rebrand. You know, Allison K came in wearing the title, and she, she's one of those ones who I think is like so unappreciated. Not that you don't appreciate her, and I appreciate Thunder Rosa. I do. I think Thunder Rosa is going to be one of the great champions. But, but um, Allison K being one of those founding fathers of the of, right know, of, of the new era of power. Yeah, exactly. Thunder Rosa, no shade on her. She is. They're we both love really Thunder Rosa in our house, man. I and it's a, anytime I get to put her over or follow her, or support her, I'm going to do it. But Allison K is one of those ones that really. She's one of those, you know, 
Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson type characters when you know she is a founder. And uh, so, but Josephus is right there up up there with them, you know, and 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 he he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and he he's got such a creative mind that we don't see and and always appreciate immediately. But I love those Josephus segments are some of the best stuff out there. I mean, bar none. Oh yeah, I like them too. I thought they were pretty cool. They're they're pretty creative. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got the actual uh, trailer for Stu Bennett's new movie. I am re- I am vengeance retaliation uh it's an action film uh theaters aren't open yet but it's probably i guess coming to vod and uh i'm actually kind of excited about it. i i'll be honest i have not seen uh the original i am vengeance but i'm willing to give it a go maybe for my other show psychotronic film society it looks like a nice cult crazy action movie this one though i don't know if you guys care about this stuff but i was just impressed that uh he's he's like uh face to face with vinnie jones in this and i i love vinnie jones he's uh if you guys haven't seen movies like snatch and lock stock and two smoking barrels and uh he was opposite of stone cold steve austin in that movie uh, yeah condemned this, yeah, this movie so this, uh, this movie looks really good you know um you know usually when you hear of a wrestler or somebody like that in a movie you know those like those wwe movies that they kind of put out they were never really they were uh, you know but you know this isn't that this is you know Stu Bennett in his own thing and his own movie um but i don't know i liked it i thought it was i thought it was pretty good but i thought that the the movie trailer though it did go a little little long and you know gave us gave us really a lot of what the movie is but then again that's the goal of a lot of movie trailers in today's time is they give you a lot of what the movies are in their, in their trailers. So it's like, you're almost watching the whole movie there. But. Just saying it might be good for uh, the Stetson household. Give a uh, Piper Piper could get into some uh, stupid at murdering people on screen. <laughs> uh, the next thing up was uh, the Tim storm history lesson which is just a precursor of things to come that uh, Tim Storm is going to play a huge part in this episode. But Tim Storm uh, talking about political scandals. The biggest scandal of all, though, despite talking about uh, the Hamilton and the Reynolds affair and uh, Craig in the bathroom stall, is that Tim Storm said multiple times, and that's not something I ever thought or here but it's something i didn't know i needed to have happen and i'm glad that it did i just every time he said wiener i giggled like an idiot so there you have it how'd you guys feel about the history lesson today i thought it was great i thought i mean yeah uh, just just yeah saying wiener that bit i mean it's yeah. tim, it's tim storm it's not it, it's not off brand you know honestly in my mind i mean he is like you know your dad that that you know says things like that so i i thought it was i thought it was funny I, what was most surprising i think was how how much he kind of smiled and giggled when he said it so like that was a little bit telling about uh you know he he might be uh one of the older more seasoned guys but he's still he's still got that uh, you know, teenage sense of humor. I think I think yeah. we, don't, we don't outgrow it. That segment really had a lot of meat to it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, Stinson 
Did you catch uh, him Storms <laughs> saying wiener at all, or were you just stuck on Marty Bell in a schoolgirl outfit? I, well, I could I could watch Marty Bell in a school girl. <laughs> I won't say that. I think the lovely penis already said it. But uh, <laughs> you didn't know what I was going to say. You didn't know what I was. I didn't finish. So I was going to say I, I could watch Marty Bell in a school girl outfit. Go in, uh, you know, practice uh, social distancing and uh, send positive messages to people all day. That's all I was going to say, guys. Anyway, but I did like nice the. Save. Uh, the Tim Storm, uh, the Tim Storm uh, segment was great. We're, you know, in our house. If you guys watch Piper's Notes, we love theater, and so Piper's was tripping out about the Hamilton references, man, and uh, uh, it, it was cool. Um, and they didn't, they didn't give any spoilers about, you know, what happens and all that. But just so all of our viewers know, if you don't know, I was surprised, I was surprised to find out that uh, um, May Valentine was not aware of this in our, in our uh, citizen and. And council member Patreon discussion afterwards, but Hamilton, uh, the musical, will be playing on Disney Plus on July the third. Uh, first time it's ever been televised, so I can't wait for that. But anyway, yeah, I liked it. Just if, if for nothing else, but the Hamilton reference it was pretty cool. You, you know what I think could make those uh, the Tim Storm segments just a little better. Uh, not that they're not bad, because I like them too. Uh, if 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 he was actually sitting at like. His, his school desk at work while while being recorded and you get to see all that stuff it really give that feel to like a, a classroom-esque feel you know but i know they're out of they're out of school i was about to say maybe so. he's just not able to go to school yeah yeah no I, uh, that's what i figured yeah but i agree i think that would add a lot to it um you yeah cold and, there yeah i was actually so I forget half cold here. half not yeah the uh the guns out gary it, it, the barrels is getting cold, son. We gotta. It's caving into the uh, crit- to the uh, the uh, YouTube criticism there, man. You're giving in to you're getting you're letting the bullies win, man. All right now, I, now I've got to prove I'm not letting the bullies win. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it off. You guys are just good show. Into, now you're just giving in to us. Oh, oh God, Gary, make your own decisions, <laughs> man. You guys call down the thunder. You're gonna get the lightning. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that means. You got your left um, army and your right army. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh man, uh, a lot of talk about Thunder Rosa there. I think that's because Bride Rosa dropped into the chat. So uh, much, much love to Bride Rosa and Thunder Rosa. Very admirable parts of the NWA fan, and uh, that's hashtag NWA fan. I also wanted to say as we're rounding out into uh, an hour into the show uh, that if you haven't already and you're watching this, please hit subscribe. Make sure you, you do that for us because it helps us get in front of more people. Just hit the like button. Uh, just makes the video popular. And uh, we, uh, we just appreciate everybody who shows up in the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, the only other thing I had, what was I going to say? I don't remember. I had some reason that I thought of this. Oh, join the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Cardiland. You guys can sign up for that. You, you, I don't think you can be a council member anymore, but you can at least be a citizen and you get cool stuff like what Rob was just talking about, where he was addressed, uh, talking about how we were addressed by Royce Isaacs and May Valentine today. We got to sit down with a Q&A. You got to ask questions in the chat or prior to the meeting and they literally went through all so, of them like donna moderated it was it was really really cool yeah. so make sure you guys do that being a citizen is only like what like five bucks a month or something like that yeah it's something just like that and uh 
it, 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 it's well worth it. And you're, you're getting to support the national wrestling Alliance in a time where they can't put on shows like they'd like to, but the talent, uh, is working very hard right now, as you can see from Cardi Land, to earn your support. And so you want to do that. Uh, I guess while I'm at it, I'll say too, the True Love weight shirt from Royce Isaacs and Mae Valentine is split half and half on the pre-orders uh, between the NWA and Royce and, and May. So you're actually directly supporting these three folks ways. who can't get out. Yeah, so I guess it's split three ways. So you're directly supporting them and uh, helping them uh, get by in this time where they can't uh, actually go into work and stuff. So uh, just make sure you do that. If you're, if you're feeling fro froggy and able to, jump on it. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we're getting a lot of feedback about not talking about WWE. Listen, we'll talk about WWE if it comes up, but that's it. Legata just mentioned, do you want me to call Esther and get you a knitted sweater? I 100% would wear that a lot. In the heat of the summer? Esther, mm. With no sleeves. Esther Addington. Sleeveless. With no sleeves. I, would, I would cut the sleeves <laughs> off. But that, I'd wear, that would defeat the point of the sweater if you cut the sleeves off, right? Not if I'm cold just right here. <laughs> you know? like, those, uh, like those weird vests that I see some people wear that have like no, no sleeves, but it's like a jacket vest. I never got those, I guess. Yeah, you're just cold at one spot. My cold heart would be warmed in more ways than one by <laughs> Miss Esther Addington. It'd be lovely. Uh, so the next thing up for us to talk about is uh, Aaron Stevens. He cut a promo. Uh, don't forget that he is also running for mayor of Cardiland, and uh, he is. Uh, he promised five things. Five things. Number one of those five things is uh, complete riffraff and vagabond removal. He'll make sure that that happens. And you know who you are out there. You know which one of you will be out of Cardiland. And number two, quality and enlightening entertainment. No idea what that means, except uh, probably, uh, what was it? Uh, trop tropical, tropical Pirates. Or tropical Pirates, right. Tropic yeah. Thunder. Something like that. No, it's not Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Thunder in Paradise is, I believe, what you were looking for there, starring Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, number three would be uh, he will always look good in a suit. So nice of him. Uh, I'm sure Aldous can even stand behind that. As long and, as he wears uh, that suit and not the skin colored trunks again. Well, just a suit top, I imagine, and then the skin-colored uh, trunks underneath. The skin-colored uh, suit. Skin-colored <laughs> suit. <laughs> uh, uh, number four, I'm sure you'll like this, Mass fan. Number four is he guarantees a mandatory karate program. So, Stinson, you're already well-trained. I imagine that uh, you'll be able to just, like, move your – education career right into carnival yeah, yeah by the way i've been meaning to ask how far along are you guys in in, in your training i'm still my uh piper has put her, has put on her fourth degree i think we talked about that the night she got it she broke the mongrovian oak i've not been able to do it yet man i nearly broke my my hand trying to do it so i'm still sitting at third but uh uh petra I'm a strong seven yeah, yeah, you're at seven. Petra's got a uh, it's got a white belt with a yellow stripe, and she we meant to test for the yellow belt a couple of uh, about a month ago, but just you know time and all that we've not been able to do. It. But she's doing her. She's got her forms down. She's she's mastered the, the the three forms of the Mongrovian white belt. 
but you know, we also study. Uh, my my wife is uh, is a second degree black belt in Taekwondo, and so she she does. Uh, you know, we some of the there's some there's some common threads there. So I'm hoping she can give me that extra boost to get me across that mongrove you know, so I can get to that fourth degree. That's my goal right now. Hopefully, next time we get to a TV taping, I'll have my fourth degree. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wish you'd all shut up. <laughs> hey, we've been there, man. We, we've been we've been humble white belts, before, Gary. We've been humble white belts. It's okay. You got to start from somewhere. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, number five for Baron Stevens is that he's going to guarantee to uh, fulfill all of the other four promises. So that's honorable number five. That's, that's the best uh, promise of all. Uh, Fourth person is going after you in the chat. Uh, He's saying your uh, back has to be sore from leaning over so much. We got whiskey Stinson in the house tonight. No, I, I was gonna, well. I was gonna mention like whenever he talks to us, he looks like he's he's like it's like a it's like a mental subconscious, like he's talking down to us, and it like makes me feel like I'm beneath. Yeah, him. like right. Kinda That's like what this. it is. Well, it's, it's ten o'clock, guys. It's, so it's it's uh, it's officially this is you maybe after dark. I have to tell you, folks, and that's not why my back is sore, bro. That's not why my back is sore. You know, when I was, when I was uh, doing some live chat with uh, Question Mark, he was kind of doing the same thing. He was, like, doing this the whole entire time. And I'm like, are you looking at me? What do you – I didn't ask, but he was kind of, like, doing what you were doing this. But you could see his eyes, kind of like how you see mine. It was like a piercing uh, piercing into my soul. Yeah. Well, this mm. is stimulating. Um, the uh, next thing up <laughs> is uh, – it's important to stimulating. <laughs> We're back on the Tim Storm and Wiener talk, I guess. Um, Zicky Dice has a pitch to Thunder Rosa. He's on the phone, and uh, he's trying to get her to become vice mayor, which is not even a thing, but that's going to be his first order of business. Is he will uh, he will make that policy? There'll be a vice mayor of Cardiland, and it will be uh thunder rosa brian rosa's in the chat by the way just in case uh, you know thunder rosa her her stipulation was you got to listen to me tell you all the things i think about you and he did he you know as he was walking along the beach brian rosa in the chat is saying that ziki dice also said if he wins he would get rid of santa from the crowd santa vol 86 santa vol no can you believe that can you imagine that's nuts he's like a staple among the among the fans i know i mean i i like to think that i'm an important part of the crowd but in no way shape or form do i ever think that i am above a mast fan and a sandoval and a stinson family dressed in montgrovian attire like that's uh that's hard to beat that's the kind of stuff you want in the crowd i i guess i could bring the guns out look or something so that i look good in like a retro soft studios game or something but uh i don't know <laughs> Chaps, man. Anyway. Just we're chaps, bro. We're chaps yeah. in the toboggan. Chaps, but just and, and that's it. Just, just chaps, chaps in yeah. the toboggan. <laughs> chaps and your, and your ten pounds of uh, your ten pounds of replica, and that's it. Uh, WWE front row does make a good point. If Thunder Rosa is his running mate, that puts a huge target on Mister Dice. I guess I'll throw to you, Will. What do you think about the idea of Zicky Dice partnering with Thunder Rosa? in a mayoral campaign you know it, it, it's intriguing the the idea of it um there's some 
you know, they, they cover between the two of them, they cover a lot of bases in, in you know, fans and, and what people like. I, I just, I just don't, and I'm not just saying this because her husband's in the chat. I just don't see Thunder Rosa as a vice anything. I mean, she's, she's, she should be the mayor, you know, like that just, that's, that doesn't, that seems backwards. Zicky wants to be her vice mayor, maybe, but I, I just, to me, that's, that's, that's inverted from what it should be. Right, right. Uh, for what it's worth, Brian Rose also commented on our last topic and said that he is a fourth degree when it comes to eating fast food. So congratulations on earning your fourth degree bell. I assume that just like is an extra, uh, like itch added on to the belt or something. I don't know. <laughs> if so, then I am very highly ranked. Stinson, what do you think? Stinson next. <laughs> I, I I agree hundred percent with Will. And and again, this has nothing to do with Brian Rosa being in the chat. He knows where I stand with Thunder Rosa. We love her. I think the sky's the limit for her. She, for my money, she is the best in the world. Like at everything she does. So uh, now that my guy Nick Aldis is out and Josephus is not really a, a formal candidate, my I'm putting my money behind Thunder Rosa. Beautiful and Matt's fan. You do you like the idea of a Zicky Dice Thunder Rosa partnership, or do you think what a little stands? I would see Thunder Rosa as as a mayor because if Zicky Dice was, uh, I'll keep this PG. It, it would be a crap show, but I wouldn't expect anything less with. Zicky Dicer's running it. But, uh, you know, so she was going on braiding him and, you know, saying all these things about him. And I wanted to tie it back to what Stinson was saying earlier. He didn't, he didn't deny anything that, that she was, all those names that she was calling him, you know, going back to what Stinson said earlier, he would just own up to that. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, he did, he did actually for the first time in his career, it seems, uh, show a sense of uh, uh, yeah, just that he was being humble. He was accepting uh, of of her criticism. So you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Lots of lots of threads starting to show up in the Cardiland uh, storyline. Props to Mister Legata. Uh, see if you can use those threads to give me a Esther something together. That it's no, I just want to Esther knitted sweater now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh then here it is here's the big moment so forcing everybody in the chat chime in let's see what you think now let's get to this stuff because it gets serious nick aldis takes the podium and somebody in his campaign has been working with him uh and they're being accused of embezzlement nick aldis says he has uh no wants no part of that but because of this serious issue he's choosing to step down and uh it turns out it's danny deals we see some video of danny deals actually in there too where uh danny deals is talking on the phone and uh he is talking to someone about a famous texas celloist who uh i don't know i googled it and uh there was James Zuil Bailey, uh, was a Grammy award-winning cellist uh, from Texas, I believe. But, but I don't know who else he'd be talking about. And I almost wish I hadn't done that much research because 
uh, you guys are just staring at me. But the, <laughs> the fact is, is that Denny Beals is working into some garbage and it causes Nick Aldis to step down. Not just Nick Aldis, by the way. It sounds like all of Strictly Business has now exited the uh, mayoral campaign, except that they now endorse Tim Storm for the mayor of Carneyland and everyone's jaws hit the floor. What is happening right now in Carneyland? Any ideas? I'll throw to you, Mass fan. What do you got? Um, I hope it's not anything that, because you know their history between Tim Storm and Strictly Business. I hope it's not something that, like, they set him up to fail only to point and laugh at him. Um, that's just, you know, them being them. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, when they announced Tim Storm, he immediately, though, he, he got my vote. I love Tim Storm, as everybody does. So, you know, I hope he wins. But do you do, do you do you back Tim Storm, a Tim Storm that is backed by strictly business? I, I don't I don't support that. But if it's uh, if there's four extra votes in, in the ballot for him to win from them, hey, you know what? We'll take it where we can get it right. Right, Stinson, you've you've often been an Aldous apologist. Uh, where where do you land on something like this happening? What what are what what's going through your mind? This right here, read my lips, okay, Fortson. Wrestling with the MMA, Pipe Picasso, the Strictly Resistance faction. This right here should put the nail in the coffin of your delirious delusions of the insidious. I'm trying to think of all the stratagems that that strictly business and our real world's champion have this shows them to be true statesmen and diplomats and when uh when things were not on the up and up when things were not above board when things were not beyond reproach what did they do they set aside their personal agendas their personal interests and place the interests of Carneyland and the entire wrestling world on their shoulders with an endorsement of somebody who's who's uh uh ethics whose uh qualities as a champion and an athlete are are absolutely beyond reproach. And so I saw this as a mark of the integrity and the true diplomacy and statesmanship of strictly business, not strictly resistance, strictly business, the national treasurer, Nick Aulis, to endorse Tim Storm. And so as far as I'm concerned, this right here now consigns the strictly resistance faction of the NWA fam to the laughing stock, the laughing bins of his, the trash bins, as it were, of history. Oh boy. I'm just watching the chat now. Uh, Gary, I think you're on mute, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I'm. I guess I'm. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. What you were saying? I I I got. I got muted too. I was like, "What?" Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. so, yeah, Fortson's in the chat. Obviously, we knew this was coming. Uh, it's a ruse, a plot, a strategium. Is that how you say that word properly? I've, Just always, to said make... I've always said it's stratagem, but what do I know? Stratagem? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Look a doctor. Uh, <laughs> just to make Tim Storm look bad. They only did it because they got caught. Once again, Stinson is hissing. Uh, <laughs> weird. Uh, 
I don't know. We were talking about EC3 earlier. Also, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast is mentioning EC3's music played on after Moose's match on Impact. I hope that's not true. I, I want him to come to NWA. But aside, aside from that, what's what's happening here, Will? What is going on in Cardiland? Well, why would Strictly Business endorse Tim Storm? Surprisingly, I don't have a conspiracy theory about this. Uh, it seems too obvious for me to have a conspiracy theory about um uh i i I don't know uh i mean i mean i can't see a world though where there's a ballot with tim storm's name on it that i don't vote for him that's my that's my uh struggle takeaway right now so i mean you know, unless there's something that comes out that's backhanded about all this or, you know, whatever, I can't see myself not not casting that vote for uh, for the perfect storm. You know what I mean? That is the tough part for me, too, is like Tim Storm's obviously like the most honorable, admirable guy in the NWA. He's the ultimate baby face. What? But but he's backed by strictly business. So this makes it really weird. These are the people that attacked him. Does Tim Storm know about this? We haven't heard from Tim Storm. Well, that's what I was going to say. So So they said, yeah, so they said next week it'd be his first public address. So maybe we'll learn more. Maybe there's more to the story. Um, I don't, I don't know. There are uh, a a lot of questions in my mind about this affiliation. It doesn't seem like something that uh, Tim Storm would be fully on board with so hopefully he'll give us some kind of explanation as to what's going on and then we can make a decision after that and we can't uh, i can't sit here and, and just say that the, that strictly business attacked tim storm okay they did tim storm a favor all right tim storm was hanging around and they in the interest of his career helped move him along into a place where he could thrive which might be in the tv title division or someplace i said they did him a favor this was not an attack this was professional development. Well, they just got Tim Storm out of their way, so. Hmm. Interesting. Stinson, uh, Fortson's after you again in the chat. I mean, he's calling you an Aldous apologist. Uh, and this is the very definition of spin. Uh, Storm is the definition <laughs> of honor. All this, not so much. Uh but uh, Front Row does mention, WWE Front Row does mention that uh, Tim Storm, uh, Aldis did call Tim Storm an icon in the latest What's Calls in Aldis. Uh, so there is that. But uh, Fortson does point out that your uh, Stitz's mental gymnastics are exhausting. <laughs> so well, I'll take that. I'll is, take that as a as a compliment because gymnastics are a are a, uh, a a highly refined skill. So. Well, I guess that's that's hard to argue. The uh, uh, <laughs> Brian Rosa has a theory that the Russians are already planning on taking this election, so I don't know. Take that as you will. <laughs> so, uh, Turbo's in the chat. Welcome, Turbo. Thank Hello. you for being here. I mean, that wraps it up for as far as Cardi Land, the actual show. Now, from here, all bets are off. Whatever you guys want to talk about in the chat, we are here to talk to you guys about any of that stuff we can talk about. NWA, Cardi Land, wrestling culture in general. What? Yeah, I got about till ten thirty. So. Here for the live chat. Uh, what, what's that, Mass fan? I hear you grumbling over there. 
Grumbling. I'm here at about 10:30. Oh no, no, man. This is dead. This is this is the NWA <laughs> after dark. We don't end at 10:30. Well, this is we go on this to is the all night long, baby. The uh <laughs> the unmasked wife takes precedent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's all right. Will Will wishes he could get away from us that early. <laughs> I think I got a little lenience on the on the guest. So, oh, what, what do they say? Time is money. That's right. We we appreciate you showing up, man. Uh, before you before you head out, I guess just uh, just to get it out there, tell tell everybody where they can find you and stuff online, like on Twitter and everywhere. Yeah, if you haven't followed me yet, uh, just check me out. Look up the Masked Fan on Twitter. That's two ends. Uh, some other guy who's not even using his Twitter account has the Masked Fan with one end. That guy. Uh, yeah, it's got two ends. You can look me up on uh, YouTube. The masked fan. Uh, I did that actually the other day, and some like masked wrestling stuff came up. So if you just put in hashtag free the mask, my my account immediate. I'm the only hashtag with that, so that's my stuff immediately just shows up there, and you guys can check it out. I'm more so leaning into doing like mask reviews, uh, mask like wrestlers and things like that. So that's what my content's kind of gearing toward at the moment until I decide to do something else. So. Perfect. And uh, yeah, guys, definitely check out the uh, Free the Mask series. I, I really still can't put that over enough, uh, what you did there and just the subject matter you ended up tackling during that uh, process. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, uh, it's not even going to be a few weeks. We're going to have the Mass Fan episode of NWA Rewind. Uh, Mass Fan joins me to discuss, uh, was it episode five, right? Or is yeah, it episode, episode five, the de- episode. debut of the question mark. Right, right. I couldn't think of a better person to have on uh, to talk about the debut of the question mark than the mask fan for that one. But we get into a little bit of uh, what's behind the mask as far as uh, your videos and everything like that. So, uh, guys, make sure you you follow the masked fan. Uh, We're getting more stuff in the uh, chat about the EC3 shirt on Danny Deals. That's that's what Mm -hmm. I'm interested in, uh, too. that that was interesting uh turbo i see you talking about it too uh and uh that that's that was a that was a big topic of conversation earlier on too we were were curious about it but i I saw also uh somebody uh so it was wrestling with the mma said that apparently his music played on impact as well so what's up with that yeah i don't know i hadn't i don't really myself uh, I've watched a little bit of Impact, but I've just been keeping up a little bit of the North. Uh, I like them as a team, but EC3, I, I don't know. I just I just thought it was funny that Danny Deals, and I tweeted about it as soon as I saw it. I was like, man, nobody's nobody's talking about Danny Deals in the EC3 shirt, you know? you know, Maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it's just a shirt that he had on. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with you. Any more thoughts on that, gentlemen, over there? Will, Rob? Yes, we'll see, man. I mean, it, it, it's tough because, you know, somewhere like Impact or AEW that are currently running shows, you get you got to think a, a guy of, of his experience and exposure um, would maybe prefer to go to one of those places. But, you know. And still I, get I paid. Hold, yeah, exactly. I mean, but I would hold out hope that uh, he would enter into some – uh, some agreement where he could um, 
do some work in NWA, just knowing, you know, Corgan's fondness of him and, uh, you know, the appearance of. He's got a great look too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, he, he would fit in really nicely, you know, any, anywhere you put him on the card in NWA. I mean, he's, uh, he's got it. So, and he's definitely, I mean, he, he fits the bill for a quality NWA uh, talent, the way that he has really sharpened his own character on his own through social media. He's put himself over uh, far more than WWE ever put him over. So um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got the chops and I'd love to see him in the NWA someday. Yeah. uh, Everything you guys said and, you know, EC3 is, just one of the bright lights on the horizon right now, not even on the horizon. He's been around for a little bit, but uh, I'd love to see him there. I, I want to take the opportunity before uh, mass fan dips out. Cause I know he won't do this himself, but I want to again, plug his content uh, and especially the uh, uh, free to mass series. Mass fan and I became friends. Uh, I think the night of the last taping we met and talked, we kept up with mm-hmm. each other since then. And uh, I feel like as an educator and as a father that the message he puts out is a very brave message. And it's one that people need to hear today. A lot of people don't realize that, that, uh, that the type of anxiety and, and, uh, you know, the, the deal of uh, the amount of stress that people experience today, especially kids, it's comparable to the amount of anxiety and mental health issues that people dealt with in the fifties and sixties, you know, people that were committed to asylums and stuff like that over this, that's what our Mm -hmm. kids deal with regularly. And so I applaud the mass fan for opening up to the world. Uh, that's not a hard, that's not a very easy thing to do. And he, he was very, out there very boldly. And, uh, uh, and well, if it can, if it can help somebody at the end of the day, um, and you don't have to do the whole mass thing like I do, but my message was just, and I had to get it off my chest and get it out of, out of my system. You, that stuff like that. If you're if you're dealing with you know depression or anything like that, you just gotta talk to somebody. And I don't mean like you know like shoot a text message or something. You just gotta have a talk or figure out some kind of outlet. Don't don't ever choose you know any kids watching this. Don't ever go to drugs or alcohol. That's not that's not the answer. Find a gym, work out. You don't even have to do that. Draw, paint. Just just do something that can help take take your mind and just you know just find something that's going to help you keep your mind and that just takes you away from that you know even if it's just for a little bit every single day i did the whole mask you know the mask series thing and that was my way of not bottling anything up and letting it you know destroy me from the inside inside out and it, it, it had started to without going too much into this but every time i'd go to a wrestling show a live wrestling show especially in wa power it's there for four or five hours and it's like nothing in the world else to me mattered except what was going on in that ring or there at the power podium. That's what was taking it away from me. And then when wrestling was, I don't want to sound selfish, but taken, taken for me. And I know it was taken from everybody for a while, you know, your thoughts run wild and you know, I no longer had that, that way of dealing, dealing with things like that. So yeah. Right. And, and during this quarantine time, you know, when, when they go back and look at the people who really emerge as, as heroes in, in terms of content creation, you all, you think of Thunder Rosa, who's done so much and Camille and all that. And you think of like, Hey, it's Will who took on the, the NWA as a new passion and has really, you would think sitting here talking to him that he's been here for years. I can't remember a day when I didn't know Will, you know what I mean? And of course, Gary's doing his stuff and then, but your stuff, 
was so unique and so uh, important, really singularly important. Uh, nothing else. I can't remember anybody else. Through all that wrestling fans have been through and all the tragedies we've experienced together, I can't imagine or, or I can't remember anybody putting out the message that you put out in particular. And so I, I applaud you, man. You're a, a hero of mine. I love your stuff. Uh, we never know what you're going to say. We never know what you're going to say, but it's always, it's always. I will, uh, I will, I will plant this, this, this seed before I go. There's, I know I did like a finale, but I, I listened to an idea that you had had that you had said something about some odd weeks back about like, you know, sitting in like a director's chair or, or, or something and just kind of just going over it and just kind of talking in depth about it. So I've been trying to think up of a, a cannot talk of an episode of some way that I can that I can come up in and do that and properly put the right emotions into it and make sure that the right the right message the right message gets out so there's there's something coming I don't know when uh, it's, it's you know still in the works but I got I got one final thing to tie the bow and get the knot tied on that so there's something else coming that's really great Great man, and 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 Matt's fan. I I just want to echo what Rob said. I mean, that's a lot of the reason we wanted to support your stuff and like boost it up and and uh, what we call the hashtag NWA fam. We we 100 stand behind that. This is a community, and we all support each other. And uh, you're a you're a huge part of that with what you're doing. And uh, we uh, we're honored that you showed up here tonight to hang out with us and review this episode of Carnyland. It was a uh, cool well, to I see thank you guys uh, for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's we've uh, we've enjoyed having you around uh, to talk to and, and get to know better and can't wait till we can finally all get out of this quarantine situation and get back down to Atlanta to an NWA power taping and actually physically hang out together. But uh, For sure. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess it's a good time if you're if you want to exit, uh, you you know, we, you're, you're welcome to stay for as long as you want to. But uh, yeah, know, I got we, we enjoyed having you. Got my wife on the other side of the camera there, just doing the old, just like staring you down. <laughs> like yeah, well, she's 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 been been waiting. So, hey, I you know I think well, thank we you appreciate guys tell her that. tell her we appreciate her if she wants to come on the screen. I mean, she's happy to if she wants to take your place and then oh. you guys can trade out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I thank you guys for uh, for having me on and you know su supporting me and. You know, I like supporting you guys. I listen to, like I said, to a lot of your stuff uh, as I'm driving throughout my day and my daily job. Can't really watch any of the video content, but I'd like to try to put it on, you know, the music or the sound side of things and just listen to it as I drive. So that's how I consume my content is, you know, through you guys and in the car. So uh, you're not alone, man. And, and a lot of people got, got on board with that. And I, I was trying to uh, keep up with it. And I, I got caught up in the YouTube thing, but I'm trying to catch back up with the with the audio side of things and get things posted in a timely manner. So I, I know like today I, up, I uploaded like five hours of talk from us on the uh, podcast feed that just yeah without stuff that hadn't well, been there yet. Without me uh, giving anything away, definitely take that suggestion. Uh you know, in, into that account that I sent you earlier today. Just be a little oh, yeah, yeah, I will. I've got it. And uh, I've already got a message, uh, a DM in progress about it. So uh, oh, that's cool. in the works. Well, cool. Yeah, well, hey, uh, Will, Gary, and Dr. Stinson, it was, uh, it's been a pleasure.
You guys have a good night, okay? And I'll keep in brother. keep in touch. Yes, sir, brother. Take care. Hasta, hasta la muerte después. Does that mean like uh, goodbye death or something? I don't know what that <laughs> means. I'm gonna rob the translator. Uh, Brian Rose is in the chat. That sounds like something he may be able to help us with, possibly. Uh, yeah, the um. So one of the big things that came up in the chat, fellas, is uh, Will, Will, did you have a chance to uh, watch any of the Circle Squared stuff yet? Have you have I, you looked at I it? I haven't. No, I haven't. That's that's the one thing I, I haven't gotten into yet. Um, yeah, people are uh, looking for more of that. I see that in the uh, chat. And um, I'm very interested in that. I, I think Rob's seen all of it. I've seen all of it. I know that we were there, and there's at least one more match they've got uh, tucked away with uh, – uh, uh, you know, forgive me that I can't remember who the other girl is, but the, the American Kaiju, Lind yeah. Lindsay Snow is, is in one of those matches and, and she's just incredible. Like I, I would love to see her uh, get some more yeah. time on the air and uh, but, but she's, she's fantastic. So I, I, I'm excited to see that match that actually came up again in uh, a Piper's notes uh, from last week. Uh, with Danny Jordan. No, that was the week before last, I guess. Uh, right now. But uh Lindsay Snow being the first person in the uh the uh burn book that Danny Jordan carries around. Those two have a feud. I if you look them up, like those two are always fighting with each other. Like if you see it in YouTube and I don't know if it's like a thing of being a female wrestler in this region or what it is, but they they have seem like they have multiple occasions where they battle it out and uh i've seen lindsey snow like run danny jordan through a wall <laughs> and so uh it's a uh, it's pretty impressive uh rocky radley thank you wwe front row yeah i think you're exactly right i think that's who it was um right and, yeah uh, yeah yeah it's like you know the uh, the the professional the professional wrestling talent world is already a small fraternity and sorority anyway so you know even with our our male talent it seems like their paths are always crossing and the female sorority is so much smaller and so uh virtually everybody knows everybody who's accomplished somewhat and 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 lindsey snow and uh danny jordan have had a notable feud um uh throughout the southeast and and even even beyond that uh, i think i think uh danny's originally from new york and i think they they've wrestled up north and uh you know throughout the country but uh and there's another match too because i don't think that it was i don't think Lindsay was there the night that i was there i think she might have been there on a prior taping or uh, or or maybe i stepped out for a moment or something wasn't there it seemed like uh, there was a tag team match. you're right there was a tag team and uh it was oh god i wish i could remember the name i know who would know and it would be maureen like she'd be able to tell you uh if uh, because it was one of her guys uh that's yeah. usually actually always helping her uh big big boy um who was there and it's him and his buddy and they were in a tag team and they were very angry and i remember somebody saying that uh saying why does one team have all the hair <laughs> <laughs> the other team have none. <laughs> Somebody yeah, yeah. That out, but uh, I would see. I, I've known Lindsay Snow. She's actually done one of the local shows here with the promotion that I'm involved with. She's done that show before, so I would have recognized her. And I don't remember seeing her, so I'm thinking that she might have been at her prior taping, Gary. 
uh, that I wasn't at unless, unless that was also the night that we lost Kobe. And I remember stepping out and, and watching, watching TV for a while outside in the studio, uh, trying to get my a grasp on what's going on there. And then I ducked back in. So I may have missed her, but uh, it seems like I, I don't remember seeing her there that night. So I'm thinking we've got a couple more matches in circle square to, that we've not, uh, we've not been able to see on, on uh, YouTube yet. Yeah, um, that that's that's yeah. It, as you said, that there is definitely two two of those uh, matches still out there. Um, and and Turbo brought it brought up something in the chat, and I just want to make it clear out there to anybody listening or watching at any time. Besides subscribing to us here, which would be nice if you did, just just at least subscribe so that we can build those numbers up. Uh, the thing is, uh, we are also available on the podcast feed, like the Mass fan says. I'm actually the same way. It was a game changer for me to have Carnyland in an audio format. I don't get to sit down and stare at videos all the time, so I understand perfectly that you would like to listen to your content. And uh, we are available on iTunes and Spotify. Anywhere that you get a podcast, you can look up. This is the NWA podcast, and we are there for you. And uh, so just uh, if, you, if you'd rather listen, by all means, we'd, uh, we'd love to have you. Um, Brian Rosa says NWA should bring in some CWFH guys. They got some good ones. I agree with that, Brian. I, we had Marquez on the show last week, and, uh, you know, he, he was – if he was uh, confident in one thing, it was that he thought he was a very good scout. And I couldn't agree more because uh, some of the folks that we see right now on NWA Power come from championship wrestling from Hollywood. And, uh, and they've got some guys we haven't seen that I hope we see. Uh, but, but one of the standouts for me that I think I brought up with Marquez is Royce Isaacs. Like, I, I love Royce Isaacs. And that guy, I think, is we've only – we've only seen the tip of the iceberg with Royce Isaacs and what he can do in the ring. So I'm excited to see him uh, execute even more. Um, any thoughts on that fellas? Will, I know you just jumped into some championship wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, I did. I, I, um, I watched a couple of episodes uh, last week into the last week uh, going into the weekend and I loved it, man. I mean, it's right in line with, um, you know, wh what we love about the NWA, the atmosphere, the vibe, the uh, the talent, the the just pure good wrestling talent, storylines, uh, characters and things like that. So I'm looking forward to getting even more into it the more time that I have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. There, there's a lot of guys um, on there that definitely struck me as guys that would fit in perfectly in, in, in an NWA feud or storyline. What's that? Oh, what? there, there was a tall black guy there, and I can't think of his name. Uh, it was like Watts or something like that. Yep. Watts. He's the uh, he. Uh, I don't. I mean, one of the episodes I watched, he was the Hollywood Heritage Champion, and I mean, dude, yeah. he was he was legit, man. He um, he yeah, he impressed me. Yeah, I was I was I remember seeing him and thinking like that guy could could easily be somebody. Um, uh, not that he's not, but you know what I mean. Like he just he he's got like he's like seven feet tall. He looks like or something. I mean he's a he's a huge dude. But um, anyway, what else do you guys want to talk about in the chat? We're here for you. We are just hanging out. It's NWA after dark. You guys are out there. I know you're there. Uh, 
WWE Front Row says he likes uh, Johnny Laquasto and Joe Galley on commentary. Uh, oh, Brian Rosa says Watts used to be in WWE Tough Enough. Hmm. I did not know that. That's interesting. Um, Logan Creed from Hollywood just signed with MLW is supposedly the word from Cool Man 952. So that's interesting too. So those guys are going somewhere. I like, I personally really dig Heather Monroe and not just because she's a very pretty lady. I think she's kind of cool. I think Heather Monroe is fun. And uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen her yet. She just seemed like she, for some reason, she just strikes me like she's ready to do something. And I don't know if that's on her end or, or what, but you know, she seems like she's kind of fleshed out as a character, you know, like she seems like she's ready to do something. Yeah, they've been putting, putting her over a lot um, on, uh, you know, there was some interviews and stuff with her on the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood YouTube channel. And then on their social media, she's she's popped up on my feed a lot. Just, um, you know, NWA fam kind of crossover with Championship Wrestling, people sharing uh, stuff about her. So um, she's definitely become more visible. Uh, talking about like cross promotional stuff, you know, I, I, Elder Sauer pointed out either yesterday or today that uh, New Japan is back uh, doing stuff and all that. And I don't know what the prospects of uh, of, of some inner promotional stuff going on there between New Japan and, uh, and the NWA. I know there is a history there, so um, I'd be interested to get you guys' take on that. Will, you go ahead first. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely love to see it. Um, I, um, it, it, it's it's tough because I don't know that I would put that on the top of the list of, of the collaborations or crossover I'd want to see, um, just because, you know, the current current landscape. I, I feel like the Ring of Honor crossover makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, the Championship Wrestling crossover that that we were just discussing makes a lot of sense, but even MLW. Um, and some stuff like that. And I mean, you know, uh, eventually, I mean, whether it's your cup, or t- cup of tea or not, uh, you know, there's a lot of, of crossover between AEW talent and NWA. And I feel like that would be mutually beneficial, um, especially with the Cody uh, history with the 10 pounds of gold um, that, you know, something could be worked out there. I don't know if it ever will. Um, but to me, that that would probably top my list of uh, crossover stuff I'd love to see I just and just you know selfishly because it would you know put NWA on a, a national television stage um, uh, you know cable television and uh, I think that would be great exposure that people there's a lot of people that don't know about the NWA there's a lot of people that don't know that um, it you know the 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 level of quality that um of, of the pro wrestling that NWA is putting out. And um, I just think that would be, that would be stellar to, to be on a stage like that. Right. I know uh, just I know Gary put over uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, I think it was yesterday, maybe in a, in a tweet. And I, he has always been like, I, I no shade on AJ Styles. I've been critical of him, but not for any talent reasons or anything like that. Just, he's kind of like a, um, uh, same reason like Colt Cabana. I like Colt Cabana. There's, he's not untalented. He's a worthy guy. But Shinsuke Nakamura for me is like, why is this not, guy not in a world title picture? You know, he could come to the NWA and immediately be a legitimate contender for the world's championship immediately. 
and uh, there are four or five guys just like it in New Japan, and uh, uh, and a lot of folks in the states aren't used to strong style wrestling, you know, like you're going to see over there. But it's uh, I, I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I put over Cesaro and and Nakamura, and and even the difference between those two, I think personally. I've never figured out what it was with Nakamura because I've actually seen some of his matches from like New Japan and that guy could go like nobody's business. I never saw it in WWE. Like he, he never seemed to, I don't know if he got hurt along the way or if he was just tired or what the deal was. It never seemed like he quite hit the level I know I saw out of him in New Japan. And uh, I don't know if he was like, I, was, I guess where I was going is like, was he just like, all right, I'm ready to want this good money and I just got to do what I can do and stay on top here. Or if he's just not ever been pushed to the limit, like, cause he did have like a feud with Sami Zayn in NXT and that was really, really cool. But the dude had everything lined up. I mean, with the music, that entrance, like all of that stuff, just his weird, antics like just the way he moves in the ring period i mean he's it's like unlike anyone else and so uh uh he is cesaro on the other side of that cesaro just every match i see with cesaro looks legit no matter who he's up against it seems and that seems like exactly the definition of what you want out of like an nwa world's heavyweight champion uh and that's not taken away from all this because i feel the same way about all this i mean but I just felt like Cesaro is a guy who could just get dropped right into the NWA and be like number one contender, easy money, and a think, legit I think, possibility. I think, Cesaro, I think Cesaro's had trouble with his character development, and I think that's a big part of it, um, whether that's his fault or WWE's fault. You know, we don't know, but um, I feel like you know the in-ring ability was there, and, and, and we as, as like legit pro wrestling fans have known it from the first time we we've seen him you know wrestle but that character development which is you know obviously important um but i think it's the the importance is overblown a little bit in wwe and guys that don't make a name for themselves are guys that don't get written into storylines that make them interesting they just don't get pushed because they don't get over with the fans with that group of fans as much as someone like him would get over in the NWA. And so I think that's what it boils down to. And I mean, to me, it's just a classic case of he's, he's just in the wrong spot. And if he could get somewhere where, you know, he could have more control over his character, like the NWA um, and could put more time and energy into that. He, he would not only be over with us as a wrestler, but as a character and then um, that that push would be complete at that point. But I, I just I think he's stifled in WWE, and and I I hate it. And I, I'd love to see him go thrive somewhere else, anywhere else. To be honest. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I feel like anybody else could use him. Well, I mean, he's similar to like another guy who's had more success, but I think is injured now is a Samoa Joe. Like a Samoa Joe, like every single time he's in the ring he he like puts on a show i was dude i was so disappointed in the brock lesnar match with samoa joe because it just didn't live up to how good that hype was but then they caught it it was just like they didn't know what to do with joe like i felt like those guys could have like 
just killed each other. But uh, anyway, aside from that, I did ask in the chat who would people like to see in the NWA so we could get some of your thoughts on these guys uh, as we go down the line here. Coolman952 says the Ascension. He would like to see the Ascension show up. Uh, he says later on, I know I said this, I say this a lot, but the NWA needs a dark, sinister faction. And uh, so that's an interesting thought. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Ascension? Yeah, um, I could see it. Probably not not top of my list, but go ahead, Rob. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, that, that was all I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say that dark, sinister, the NWA, uh, and again, I'm absolutely teachable on this. I am. So this is not... A deal. I don't. I don't talk to Logano like like Gary does, and all this. So I don't know if this is intentional, but it seems to me we're like best friends. Like we yeah. we pooped <laughs> together and everything. He was, at, he was at the lake with you yesterday. I, I was just yeah, happy he was at the lake. My, I was just happy that he knew my name when we were in our our, our group chat that day, man. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, but no, I so I don't know if it's intentional, but it seems to me that uh, speaking of dark sinister factions, I certainly see where that plays in a promotion like the AEW or the WWE. But one of the arguments I've always made is that um, the the NWA is a prize fight focused uh, entity. It is very much uh, trying to appeal or appear like a, a legitimate competitive sport. Um, and it is a legitimate competitive sport. And so uh, being a heel or being a face, being dark or being light is not a preoccupation. Now, certainly some of that comes out and, and you see our dialogue with the Fortson and we give each other a hard time, but we're actually, you know, real world, we're actually pretty good friends, and we both respect uh, all of these guys a, a lot. But uh, I don't know that a, a dark faction, like, say, a dark order or something like that is really quite the fit. You're really uh, you're really pushing the, the parameters of credulity, even when you get to something like the question mark or a person like Kim, who I like. I'm a big fan because my kids like it, and, and I think it's great. But to me, the, at least the question mark, character has always been sort of an analog for uh, for from being from parts unknown as it were you know the masked hidden mysterious tradition is not anything new or it's not anything uh we even have fans like you saw with the mask fan tonight that even pull that out in real life so i don't think that that's much of a stretch but but for me and and, and will can comment on this i don't know that I, there's certainly a place for it in certain promotions but i don't feel like the nwa has ever been preoccupied with with dark factions per se not that that won't ever happen or that if, if there were ever to be a tv deal and you would need to to get some viewer interest along those lines but the way the the company is oriented now built around the big prize fight um being a com competitive sport with traditional rules not a lot of gimmick matches our biggest gimmick match really is the the two out of three falls which is a classic you know titles used to always be defended that way so uh i like the ascension uh, and I like some of those type gimmicks. I just don't know that it's the right fit for what we do in the NWA. So I, I don't know. You can you can speak on that, Will. I think it's been um, it's it's just another thing that's been overblown in <coughs> uh, current wrestling, and I think that's kind of given it a bad name. I would personally love to see what that would look like in 2020 NWA. Uh, because I don't think it would look the same as it, it has in, you know, with the Dark Order. And, you know, at one time, like, AEW had, like, four, you know, uh, horror-type, you know, uh, goth factions. And it, it was 
kind of overblown um and they since have dialed it back because they took kind of took the temperature of the room and were like okay we got too much of this going on um but you know i would be intrigued to see how something like that would be executed in nwa because i don't think it would be rob to your point as like overblown and and super unrealistic i think it would be uh, just more of a you know a, a darker character not necessarily like over the top cartoonish goth you know with the dark order and their minions you know and stuff like that i think it would be a little more tastefully done and in a way that made sense and like we talk about a lot with the heel and face dynamic not really uh being there in nwa i think it would be you know a legitimate tough guy or tough girl like dark presence but it wouldn't be that sinister win at all costs cheat to win attack people all the time stuff that we would be used to seeing to associate with with that darker um factions that we we know in recent memory so i, I i'd love to see it uh i just yeah i, I think it's been overdone and so it's kind of soured all of us a little bit to it Right. And, and that's not to say it couldn't be done. I mean, Coleman952 uh, points out very well that Kevin Sullivan, especially in that, uh, that Florida territory with the Purple Haze and with Fallen Angel and those guys, they did it to perfection. Even, in, even as early as, you know, this, this decade, 2010, 2009, my guest on uh, Piper's Notes just last, this last week was the Reverend Dan Wilson. Uh, some of you might not know him. Some of you might uh, during the N NWA uh, anarchy days and uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, uh, he was a, quite a presence and he had this this devil's rejects faction where he was sort of like a Rob Zombie, sort of a satanic priest type, very much influenced by Kevin Sullivan. The guy's amazing, super engaging, uh, multi-talented, very, I remember seeing him. He did NWA Chattanooga right here down the road during the the modern territories or the, or the effort to try to reestablish that um, during what we call the wilderness days. And I know Jay Cal uh, knows about him as well. Uh, so it's not to say it couldn't work and that it's not ever worked before. It just seems like right now uh, with the rebrand, re it's not been a preoccupation. The closest that we've gotten to like heels have been, I guess you would say strictly business with the attack on, on Tim uh, Storm um Zeke dice to some degree and then aaron stevens even even he's more uh sort of clueless and, and, and i want to say clueless because he's highly intelligent but his his character is more like non-self-aware than heel uh so it, it's strange it's like it's not like you're going to see, like you might see in the wwe where people are getting at one point people were being crucified or like uh like will's pointing out in aew where you have this dark cult very much like the kevin sullivan thing it's much more performance sport you know uh mat wrestling old school uh oriented around a basic concept of one-on-one -on -one or tag team versus tag team and the biggest stipulation of two on three so uh character development is a very big deal personality is a very big deal but they're very human and uh to well, me that's, let that's me ask you this go ahead let me ask you this rob because I'm, I'm interested in this with you um and and and, and this is not being snarky or anything i mean because i know I, I pick on you sometimes with it but like where do you fall with like i hear what you're saying all there and i get caught up in that myself but then you're also a huge fan of like the question mark right 
So wow. and the, and there's Mongrovia and Mongrovia karate and all that stuff. Like what? Where? How do you rationalize sure. this? I think that I think that for me the question mark is a is a far easier sell than we might think because I think in in the history of wrestling the question mark is an analogy for parts unknown. You know he uh, and that's a, that's a very common theme. Uh, even and I was saying it while you while you stepped away for a second. Even among our fan group. You know, you got a guy like the mass fan who, who you know, conceals his identity and does is not you know very apt to reveal things about his personality and his his personal life and all that other than what he revealed about the kinds of the things that he deals with and the mask being uh, a way for him to a cover for him to ex ex express that. But um, to me, the even though even though you know obviously we're dealing with some fantasy there. The mass fan, uh, or the question mark is an analogy for parts unknown. You know, he's he's from that that mysterious region, and and, and we're just, you know, we're 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 learning things about it. We get it in bits and pieces, like a lot of uh, of mass personalities. I mean, a lot of us still don't know a lot about Mister Wrestling Number Two, uh, and you know, he just passed away, but he's one of the legends, and he was very guarded with who, who he was and all that. Um, but I think it's one thing to, 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 to pose a character or, or to push a character on us like that. And for, and another thing for someone just to emerge, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, someone to emerge with this brutal hatred for somebody that they just want to pursue. And then after the pay-per-view it's, it's over and they move on to the next brutal hatred. People just don't work that way. You know, that doesn't seem very realistic to me. It, 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 it's much more palatable, palatable for me to, embrace somebody who comes under a mask under a shroud of mystery from an unknown land and they're not you know not much is known about them uh then for me to to believe that these human conflicts are just conjured up just randomly you know I, I, does that make sense Gary? yeah i think so um i i guess my thing is is sometimes i wonder with that like where uh the line gets drawn with you know like i mean in the modern world that we live in you know you've obviously you're having to suspend disbelief to accept that there is a parts unknown you know so that's that's the interesting part to me i guess yeah um i think it's, it, uh, it's not even the suspension of belief when it comes to characters that 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 bothers me because again we've already we've always had that in, in coleman 952.0 earlier with like kevin sullivan and even with some of like the Japanese wrestlers, like the great Muda with the poisonous mist. I mean, we know that's not like some gland that they have. We know it's something, you know, we've always known that, but uh, I think what, with what the NWA is different, where they're different is it's not about minor suspensions of belief. It's about like killishness and facelessness. You know what I'm saying? Good guys and bad guys. So these, these lines aren't clear cut in the NWA. It's much more like what we experience in reality. People are mixed bags. They, they have their ambitions uh, I know enough about myself and my own failures to know that I'm, I think I'm a pretty good dad. I think I'm an okay husband. I don't think I'm perfect. And I think that sometimes I'm downright awful. Uh, and that's much more like what we see in the NWA. We get a real glimpse of like human expression, and human uh, competition. It's much more like real, real identifiable human nature than what we might see in some of the other uh, promotions that I don't know if that helps. Well, and I, I see a lot of what you're saying, Rob, and, and the way I interpret it is you, your hangups are not so much in the the character themselves as much as how it's executed. So it's when they go and do something that is just like surreal, that would never really happen in real life, right? right. You can have a dark character, you can have a dark faction, 
um, that doesn't, you know, I mean, even the question mark, I mean, he's quirky, you know, and he's, he's like, lots of people conceal their identities. We had one on the show tonight, a real person that conceals his identity. Like that's, that's not a, that's not an unbelievable thing. Um, but what is unbelievable is, you know, some of the, some of the stuff we see, like a big pet peeve of mine is, uh, you know, and no disrespect to the undertaker, obviously he's a legend. Um, and he's kind of on a, on a different playing field when we talk about all this, but like, the lights cutting off and then someone just appearing and Bray Wyatt does it a lot. And we've had other guys, AEW, we saw that even with the dark order. And I just, that's the kind of stuff that's hard for me um, to take because I'm just like, that doesn't have, like, I'm not just sitting in my office one day and the lights cut off and then back on and my boss is standing behind me. Like, you know, that's not, that's not like, but I mean, you can take that same mentality and you can take a a dark, you know, goth type uh, faction or character and put them in real situations and, and things, you know, I think about, I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Vader, big Van Vader. And I mean, I would consider him a, you know, he wasn't like, you know, cultish or, or dark satanic or anything like that, but man, he was scary. And like, you didn't know a lot about him and he was just a fighter and he just wanted to rip your head off. And he was a scary dude. Like that's the way I would see something like that playing out in the NWA. It wouldn't be that they're, you know, just appearing when the lights cut off and back on and pulling people down under the ring and stuff like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's like a little out there for me as well. And I think that's, right. is that, is that kind of like your outlook on it, Rob? Yeah. Cause evil does exist in the world. Uh, evil exists in my heart and in your hearts too, cause we're human beings and, and we all grapple with that futility factor, but what does not exist not in me. the world <laughs> not except for gary or Ginny or natalia <laughs> right <laughs> you can't say that about tanya <laughs> no nah, i'm kidding uh but uh, she, uh nah 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 uh evil exists uh you know self-interest exists cruelty exists but what does not exist is like we saw with broken matt hardy and again i'm not i don't hate the AEW, and i'm not there are people that enjoy that but what does not exist in reality is someone appearing in a stadium and dematerializing and randomly appearing, just vanishing in split seconds all throughout the arena. To me, I saw that. I was like, okay, now, come on now. This is no longer a performance sport. This is now cartoon. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at. You're not going to see that. And, and the question mark is never going to attempt to pull that on us. The most they'll do is put together some quirky video that we know is tongue-in-cheek, that we know is – and I think with Aaron Stevens, too, it's like Aaron Stevens is there to sell the hyperbole. We know that it's being oversold because it's Aaron Stevens that's putting it out, you know, and that's what he does. He 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 earned his third degree in a month, a little over a month, he says. Um, and so uh, so he's constantly exaggerating. And I think the whole the whole land of Mongrovia thing is a huge exaggeration. That's nothing more than an analogy for this mysterious place that we're not going to know much about, about a guy that's under a mask that we're not ever going to know much about other than that he's freaking awesome. I don't know what keeps happening with my mic. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I know like uh, James Lawrence is in the chat. Uh, he talks about AEW. He's not a fan of AEW because of the goofy stuff. Uh, uh, so, so like the one that immediately comes to mind for like AEW would be like the dark order. Uh, there was some weird stuff with the dark order forts. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know that he's still in the chat. If he is, um, he, he brought up earlier, like, how did we feel about the ninjas and uh, 
you know, the Viking Raiders or whatever. Is that what they're still called? The Viking Raiders. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And private party or the, what, what's that? I don't, I don't even remember. But, uh, yeah, like that stuff's kind of weird. Like that stuff goes so far. But it was weird because I, I wrote it off when it was The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Like I was kind of like, all right, this is goofy, but I'm having fun with it. But then every once in a while, like it goes too far so I'm curious to what people's like limits are on as far as you're willing to take it because for me the next night at wrestlemania it was like the fiend and john cena and i was like too much i can't i can't do this like I, i'm i'm out and uh and it's not that i'm opposed to that stuff i obviously have a, a freaking movie podcast that talks about weird cordy campy horror and sci-fi all day long but for some reason in wrestling that's not where I wanted it. And uh, it's 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 kind of interesting. I always hated the Undertaker and Kane stuff when they got into the point of uh, where it was like Undertaker had set fire to the house and like tried to burn Kane alive, you know, and all that stuff. I was like, that's, this is too much. And uh, don't even get me started on Katie Vick, but like all of that stuff, I was like, this is this is outside of where this needs to be. Well, it's interesting because to me, um, to me, there, it, it, everything that you just mentioned, like it's entertaining. I mean, I, I was entertained by um, the Undertaker AJ Styles Boneyard match. I was entertained by, uh, you know, the fever dream of <laughs> the Fiend and John Cena, and and I mean, it was entertaining. It was very creative, and I, I'm a creative guy working creative marketing and design and stuff like that so i i appreciated it but to me that's not pro wrestling right so i mean it it scratches the same itch that watching a movie does um because it's over the top production and it's it's you know it's clearly fiction right whereas when i look at the nwa to me that's that's a completely different camp it's it's a different i'm watching something completely different you know, it's like, you know, watching a movie versus watching a football game. You know, that's, that's like the difference for me. Like both of them are entertaining, but one of them I'm way more bought into. And, 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 and in some ways it's way more entertaining because it's more real. And that's what I would consider, you know, NWA and some of these promotions that don't do the over the top cinematic stuff. And so it's all preference. You can enjoy both. Right. And, Right. You don't like, that's the thing. You don't have to hate one to love the other one. Just like if you're a pro wrestling fan, you don't have to hate MMA. You know, you can like both. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can like boxing. Um, You can like other sports, football, baseball, whatever. Like you can have multiple preferences. um, But, you know, there's always going to be the one thing that you would prefer if you're given a choice. If I'm given a choice between watching a movie or Starcade 89, I'm going to pick Starcade 89. You know, like every day, all day, because that's that's just where I would rather be. Um, but, you know, if a movie's on, I'm going to watch it. So I, th- I think that's that's where I sit with it. Uh, I see it for what it is and I can appreciate the performance, the art, uh, creativity of it. Um, but it's not something I go like seek after the way I do NWA or pro wrestling, you know, vintage old school wrestling uh, stuff that's that's available out there. It's just, it's a completely different, different thing for me. Right. And it's a matter of taste. I mean, I'm reading what a uh, work shoot wrestling podcast is saying in the chat about AEW and 
there there are some things about AEW that I really like, and and I have said on this uh, on this podcast before that I that I think that the AEW is a cousin of the NWA with common origins. Uh, it's a matter of like, hey, the world is plenty big enough for all that, and there's a lot of some of the some of the most valuable talent right now in the world is in AEW, no doubt. Some of the most valuable ta- ta- valuable talents in the WWE, and there's some really bright spots, but. It, for me, it's a matter of taste. Uh, where I'm at, I want to see uh, simulated combat, like James Lawrence is saying, and what WWE Front Row is saying. I want to see comp- uh, competition sport, spectator sport. And to me, the best analogy or the best uh, uh, version of that in pro wrestling is certainly the NWA. And I don't think there's a comparison. I think you see really close, close relatives with Ring of Honor and Impact for sure. Uh, and and AEW is in a lot of respects a cousin. WWE much more you know, much more <laughs> suspension of belief there, but there, that's okay. There's, there's room for that in the world too. Uh, you know, we're NWA guys. And so we're going to, we're going to put over our product and, and that's, that's what we're, we're looking for in pro wrestling. Yeah. It's just interesting. I, I always get caught up and then like, all right, well, what's the, what's the limit, you know, like, uh, as far as where, where you're willing to, to make that cut off. And so that's, that's always an interesting question to me. Um, uh, cause, cause you're right. Yeah. Like, uh, James Lawrence talking about, it should be as real as it, it should be as real as it can be, but then also the undertaker. And I would never take away the undertaker from anybody. There were parts of the undertaker. I didn't dig, I probably dug the undertaker more in the later parts of his career. Although I don't know when I was a kid, I dug the undertaker a lot as the dead man. And so uh, it kind of varies. The undertaker was, I mean, not the undertaker, the, uh, the ultimate warrior came to mind. The ultimate warrior was never like, I don't know what that guy's deal was, but I freaking loved him as a kid. I never bought the brood were really vampires, but they were a lot of fun. I dug the brood. And uh, so it's like, so it's like, there's that part of it. It's like question mark. You know, we, we talked about it. he's, he's from Mongravia and he knows karate and uh, uh, you're willing to turn it off for that. Like it's, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 somebody brought it up in the chat. I think it was cool man. Nine five two talking about Billy Corgan. Well, Billy Corgan. Yeah. Billy Corgan does it. Billy Corgan's not the guy that's going to shut it down because it's unrealistic. I mean, Billy Corgan is, part of the invention of broken matt hardy so like he was there at impact and he and legata and matt hardy all shot like the the stuff on the hardy compound and all of that stuff like that was that was them so it was scary but that was a different landscape too and 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 uh the the personalities you know billy corgan wasn't the final say and be all in that and he understood the context was i don't think billy corgan would see a broken Matt Hardy type thing. I, I just don't see him do. It. He could do it. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't know him. I'm not in his head. But I think the landscape in, in Impact was so much different than it is in the NWA. Is that you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it doesn't fit with our model. And and there's a very deliberate and intentional way that they've gone about doing this. And if you listen to like uh, Nick Aldis talk to what's it, Chris uh, Van uh, Vliet. Um, is that his name? That I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He does a fantastic uh, interview with uh, Nick Aldis when he talks about they sat down and talked about what they wanted out of the NWA, and it be it, it being much more oriented towards a boxing style or MMA style prize fight. That's what the draw was going to be for this company. 
Um, so yeah, they, Billy Corgan is creative. He does. I mean, no doubt about it. He's had a hand in all that, but I think the landscape was just, it, it's not completely uh, axiomatically comparable. Uh, shout out to, uh, Seth Rollins. Who's in the chat right now. I can only assume that's the legitimate Seth Rollins. Has and, to be. Uh, it's gotta be. He says AEW sucks. We appreciate you <laughs> for jumping in to let us know that. Seth, we'd love to have your opinion on how these things go. Um, like as far as what you're willing to buy, uh, Seth is a part of, I mean, Seth is a, a savior, a uh, messiah, if you will, uh, in the WWE right now. So it's an interesting thing. Now I will say Seth is not going so far as to have anything like uh, magical about his character he's just playing uh, he's more of a uh, hopefully he wouldn't take offense to it but a cult leader type character um, but the uh, so so that's us I can buy like when CM Punk played the straight edge savior guy like that was that was fun like I loved that stuff that these people were just buying into is what he was doing uh, James Lawrence you're throwing a lot of stuff in there that, that we've we've hit on in, in other shows too and, and, you, and you probably have heard these but like you know you're talking about uh nobody would do a body dive off a field goal during a fist fight and you also said if i ddt you you'll be concussed if i do a spinning ddt off the turnbuckle in real life you'd be severely hospitalized with vertebrae damage uh i first of all props to you if you can do a spinning ddt off the turnbuckle in a fight in real life that would that would be fantastic but uh the interview, if you haven't heard it with Nick, Nick Aldis and Doug Williams, like goes into that very kind of detail. Those guys are very much by the book in that those kind of movements would, would injure you. Uh, Doug Williams talks about a specific match in which he, he gets injured at the beginning of the match due to like a pile driver or something. And then he's out and uh, doesn't show back up until the end of the match. It wasn't about how many moves you could do and how fast you could do them. It was about selling the story instead. So that was an interesting aspect. That's always been my thing, by the way, with uh, with these things. Like if, if you take it to that level, which I think is what I said when we got into the conversation about the AEW stadium stampede, it was what? how do you reconcile that in one match we're supposed to believe Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer are having a fight of their lives in the middle of the ring. And like, you know, it's one thing, like they're devastating each other pretty much between the ropes the entire time. And then you get to like, uh, John Moxley and, uh, uh, why did I forget his name? Uh, Brody Luke King. Harper, Brody King. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Brody King or Brody Lee? Brody Lee. Brody Lee. Brody yeah. Lee. And uh, so Brody Lee and uh, John Moxley are having this match, and they're just like devastating each other in the middle of the match, and then like going outside and throwing each other through like tables and stuff like that, and like killing each other. And it's like, okay, well, this is like elevating it one step further, and you're like, but that's that's like the limit right but then you get to the stadium stampede and it's like all bets are off uh then then it's like i don't know like it, anything can happen in that match like there's a bar fight there's like people diving off the stands and onto the field there's 
you know, chasing people down with the horse. There's like all kinds of stuff in there. And it's like, it's fine if that's what you want it to be, but how can you get people to, my thing has always been, how can you get people to fully, and maybe this is me becoming an old fogey, but it's like, how can I buy Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer when you tack that on at the end? And it's like, yeah, well, Cody somehow managed to beat Lance Archer, but he didn't have to have a horse or, you know, he didn't do a uh, moonsault off the field goal or, you know, chase him down in a golf cart or something, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, it's like if you mix that stuff up and I can see why guys like Cornette and I'm not going to sit here and defend Cornette or justify him in any way. I think he's funny sometimes and stuff like that, but I just mean, uh, a guy that spent his whole life trying to make something make sense. And it was his passion. I can, I can empathize with him being frustrated when it becomes what he would think is cartoonish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and they're, they're, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for AEW. I want them to be a legit competitor for WWE and, and make everyone better. But, they're they're clearly trying to cast as wide a net as possible so they're trying to hit every um every every kind of wrestling fan the problem when you do that is that like you just mentioned at some point in your show you're going to also alienate every kind of wrestling fan um and so if you're there for the the flips and dives and the no cells and things like that and the multiple kickouts and false finishes you're going to be disappointed with a with a true blue wrestling match like cody and lance archer um and if you're there for that you're going to hate the stadium stampede and you're going to hate you know these these backstage comedy bits and stuff like that um and so you know as as much as i want to see them excel i just feel like that's going to be that's going to be their their thorn is that they're trying to please everyone and in in that effort they're going to also alienate everyone and everyone's going to find you know if you're looking for the over the top unbelievable stuff you're just going to go back to wwe where that's consistently there you sacrifice in-ring and and storyline continuity but at least you get the overproduced stuff that you're looking for and then if you want true blue wrestling you come over to nwa or you um you know find another promotion that's more in line with what you want and and to me you know that sucks for aew but i mean they're they're still a baby company they're gonna have to carve out their own path and and maybe some of that stuff will get weeded out along the way but i guess we'll see yeah and I'm, I'm looking in the chat, just trying to uh, include everyone here. Just what they're talking about. Work shoot wrestling podcast. Just talking about NWA's throwback to TBS 605 Saturday night. And that's not a knock on NWA. And then now I don't think anybody would take that. I think pretty much any, any fan you find of the NWA right now would be like, hell yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's the point. And, uh, and so that, that would not be considered a, a, a knock uh wwe front row says to me the nwa is the best of modern pro wrestling wrapped in a classic presentation which is a perfect blend for me i think that's what works for me too man i think that that's uh it's it's 
it's it's just keeping it in line with what wrestling should be and uh and then it, I don't know. I, I just dig the simplistic feel. I don't, I don't even know if it's the fact that it's like a classic view so much as just uh, just back to basics approach to professional wrestling that, that just works for me instead of all these staged things. And, and when they do happen, it's, it's every so often, you know, and it's uh, no more ridiculous. Like, why are we stumbling into two people talking in the locker room, pretending like there's not a camera pointed at their freaking face? Like, this is, they're coming out to the podium to address the audience and whoever will listen. Like, they're, they're coming to talk to you. That, that, that stuff always drives me nuts. Like, if I'm supposed to believe these people are in a competition for wins and losses and they're trying to win titles, they want to become the best at their uh, their business, and then we also have to accept that like they could be having a private conversation next to some like luggage in the back, and like they don't notice the cameraman and the people with the mics and stuff standing around them while they're having a conversation. Like, oh, I hope this guy never finds out that I'm turning on him, you know, and stuff like that. That that stuff drives me nuts. Like, I just don't feel like there should be any invisible cameras at any point, and that's. WWE got notorious for that after a while. And, and let me let me ask you guys this. This is the kind of stuff that drives me out of the wall too. Gary, where where did you get married? Uh I got married in Greer, South Carolina. Well, where? Like what venue? Oh, it was like a it was like a dance hall place, like a little Okay. So you didn't get married at your work? You didn't go to your office? <laughs> no. Because because no, I definitely did not. Because apparently <laughs> pro wrestling, that that's if you meet someone who's also in in the wrestling world, you get married at work, and that's just something I'm supposed to think. And now also, and now also with with Lana and Rusev, and and so you also get divorced at work. If you get married at work, I guess you have to also get divorced at work, and you have to do that in an arena in front of people. I don't know if that's how that worked. Well, no, 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 not just that, but then you can also just invite your lawyers and the owner of the company will put everything else on hold so that you can work out your divorce proceedings in the middle of the ring instead of him putting on the show. While we're on that subject, Will, I'm sorry if this is moving along too fast now, but let me just ask you too, because I feel like I've even heard Triple H comment on this before, and it drives me nuts as well, is that every Raw show for, I swear, 10 years started with somebody coming out to the ring and talking a bunch of trash, and then another person's music would hit. They would stand at the top of the ramp and be like, well, blah, 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 blah. Well, why don't we settle this tonight? And then uh, <laughs> and then he would either be like, that's the main event, or they would be like, uh you know let's fight right now and then they would start fighting but then there would be a huge kerfuffle and then somebody would come out to help one person and another person would come out to help them and then they'd be like oh it's all out of control it's a double count out this double dq or whatever then the uh, gm would walk out and be like oh no 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 you guys are teaming up and you're fighting each other tonight and uh (laughs) that stuff and uh it always made me wonder like what the hell were they gonna do like what was the plan for the show if this hadn't broken out (laughs) (laughs) you know like what was 
<laughs> did they have a card planned? Did they have like, you know, Triple H and The Rock are going to fight in the main event? And then they had to be like, nope, never mind. Stone Cold came out and here's, here's Shawn Michaels. So we got to reorganize everything. They never acted like that. They were like, oh, thank God somebody's pissed at another person because we had nothing in the books. We had nothing going on. <laughs> and, so, and all these people bought tickets. Um, but anyway, yeah, just curious. Those are great points, man. I mean, everything I thought, everything you said, you know, I mean, really title championships should drive storylines uh implications of championship matches should drive storylines there shouldn't be just this random thing that suddenly disrupts all the wrestling world like exactly what was the show going to be if this weird kerfluffle didn't happen you know so it's like yeah you're absolutely right 100 percent. and that's again like everything you said is is exactly what i feel like the, say what you want about the nwa and people have mixed feelings and again that's okay but the NWA does not do that crap, man. They if, if things are going to be hashed out, it's going to be hashed out at a podium in front of the world in the plain light of day for everybody to see. And uh, and they're almost always involving the championship title picture. Look at every conflict going on in the women's division right now between Marty Bell, Allison Kay, Camille, Thunder Rosa, and Melina. All of them are interested in the title. All of them. Every single thing has to do with the title. You can't point to a single distraction or, or a single side story in the the women's division that's not title related yep yeah i mean will will brought that up in like the first uh recap we did of nwa power where you know he was talking about being best with like he was always confused as he was watching 10 pounds of podcast, he said like with, with all this would like defend against or like face Tim storm that first time. And then Tim storm moved on and directly like he, then he was in a feud with Josephus and then he's like, wait, now he's in another feud. And then he was like, I think you, I think you put it well, like, you like, well, no, that, that actually makes sense because a lot of people would be trying to win the world title. It wouldn't be just one guy at a time like a lot of people would be gutting for it. There'd be people that have matches lined up. And then even the fact that I think when we got into that rewind, you were mentioning how James Storm stood at the podium with the national title and him and Eli Drake had a discussion about, you know, the national titles because it means you're the next guy to get the world title. And uh, like, you can get a shot there. It's like your number one, you're the number one contender because you have that belt. And, uh, so it was still always about the world title. That That is a really cool thing. They yeah, even do it with have, the TV title. And you can have other feuds. Like, you know, I mean, you can, you can come out and just using storylines. I mean, Kevin Owens can come out and say, Seth Rollins, I, I'm pissed at you. Let's fight at WrestleMania. And then after that, I'm going after the title. You know what I mean? Like, you can have grudge matches, um, but, I mean – you hear that in the NWA, you hear, you hear those little drops, uh, the little seeds planted in promos and stuff like that, where guys, they, they have a feud, but all of it is, is a stepping stone to hopefully a, a title match. I mean, that's why they're all there. Right. I mean, that's, that's the prize. So that, that's one element of it that just makes sense to me now, but it didn't after years of, of reprogramming from WWE, that that was just kind of a, a novelty and people weren't really that focused on it. And it just meant that you got to be the last match. Not anymore, though. 
because the title match, the world title matches in WWE are no longer the main event anymore because it's got to be a cinematic hokey match now to, to end the show, which is insane. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely something that, that drove me nuts even hearing on the backlash thing. I think you actually like got frustrated right when I read off that the, her yeah, I think we're going on on Sunday night we read that the championship matches weren't even the final match and that was just annoying. And uh front row brings up a good point about Rodney and Becky. I mean, that was the second I checked out of WWE. I've tried to check back in a couple of times, mainly uh just for mania this year and the rumble because the rumbles traditionally been my favorite pay-per-view of all time. Um, but that Ron and Becky story had me going like that was, that was the one I was looking the most forward to and they, they screwed it up. Um, Becky, nobody, nobody since like the rock has been that on fire. I don't think as like Becky Lynch was, for that and so maybe i mean i guess like john cena or something but anyway uh i don't want to drag that out too much more but uh there's a lot of discussion about the casual fan in there i see worksheet wrestling say uh nwa is not looking for the casual fan AEW is not targeting the casual fan i i think the wwe is only targeting the casual fan uh i think i think that market's gone and then so like i think the nwa's main target is the people that disappeared that's always been kind of i just i just struggle from from a business and marketing perspective i struggle with the idea of targeting a casual fan of anything i mean don't you want loyal committed 100 percent bought in fans of your product and, and you know they might not be consciously targeting casual fans but that's the bulk of what they're getting and you know i mean maybe they're okay with that you know and, and maybe that's why I don't work. I don't do marketing for the WWE, but I mean, if that's what they're going for, I guess they've achieved success, but I just don't see why you wouldn't, if you love something and you're passionate about your product, why you would not want a loyal committed, you know, fan base. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's a book, uh, by Kevin Kelly. He used to be like an editor at wired magazine. And he has a book called uh, A Thousand True Fans. And it's it's just essentially about like really maintaining and growing an audience to get like 1,000 like true fans. I mean, that's the, the short version of this, the summary, the uh, Gary Notes version. Uh, but it's about like you get a thousand legit fans of what you're doing, passionate about what you're doing, then you can you can run on that like that will be everything you'll ever need and it will just expand and grow from there but that's like the goal like get at least a thousand uh so uh, you made me think of that just with like yeah you don't want the casual fans you're trying to go for like these people that, that the freaking nwa nwa is doing it with like people like us the people that are in this chat right now uh they, they want like the people that are going to be like, I believe in this thing and I am passionate about this thing working and I'm going to buy the merch and I'm going to join the Patreon and I'm going to, I'm going to support this thing no matter what, because this is what I want wrestling to be. It's a slow process. It's a slow build, but that's what they're going for. It's not, you know, 
some random family out in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas that, you know, may or may not ever buy a ticket to a show. It's like these people that are going to come fly into Atlanta or drive like three hours to get there and, uh, and buy a ticket to NWA power. A very intelligent fan base too. And not again, not, not that there's, again, I'm not throwing shade on anybody. There's a place, I mean, pro wrestling gets a bad rap for being this, this entertainment uh, outlet for people that are, that are, you know, poor white trash, whatever. And I'm like, well, whatever, man, poor white, whatever you mean by that, those people need entertainment as well. And they're, but they're still human beings and and that but but it just strikes me that the nwa fan base the people that we engage at the tapings are very informed people they 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 see uh the uh, the value of the performance of the story of the mythology of the philosophy of the cinematic presentation of the spectacle they see the value of all that but but they're drawn by the traditional uh human stories that permeate uh nwa like they've done every great <laughs> epic in human history you know so it's all right so what else do you guys want to talk about anything else before we start wrapping up for the night we're getting close to midnight and will's gonna t- turn into a pumpkin or his wife's gonna kick him out of the house one or the other so uh we gotta start uh rounding things out uh wwe front row bitches they interviewed zicky dice last week uh, so first of all if you don't already the nation show the busted open radio the nation show those guys are really really cool uh had a chance to be on that show as well they're doing good stuff over there they have a cool busted open nation discord you know dave lagreca bully ray uh mark henry uh who am i leaving out tommy dreamer all those guys have that busted open radio on Sirius XM. This is like the fan base for them. Uh, it's a it's a blast, and uh, they have some cool people on, and they have some cool wrestling conversations. So if you haven't already, give those folks a follow. Uh, just look up WWE Front Row. He won't give you his real name. Just WWE Front Row. I guess because he's in the front row all the time. Maybe you can tell me that. I don't. I don't know if I've ever asked him that question. Hey, Coolman now five two says, "Do you think the NWA will ever have a ladder match or a cage match? Any of that stuff?" I think they'll have think- a cage match. Cage match is, is is deep within the NWA tradition. A ladder match. I'm trying to see what was said. I don't want a ladder match to me just seems too gimmicky. Um, remember that a cage serves a particular purpose. A cage is designed to contain a clean match, uh, and ladder matches, gimmicks, those kinds of things. I think. I think obscure the one-on-one combat for the title. There are too many variables that are at play. You're not going to see triple threat matches or fatal four ways or hell in the cell, but a cage match. Yes. You can see a cage match. I, I, you have seen cage matches. I mean, there have been titles decided legitimate title matches. You think Ronnie Garvin Flair, Harley race Flair. you think uh, Hogan and Flair, even after the NWA and WCW split. So the cage is, uh, you see Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer, uh, the the last battle of Atlanta. That is not that that's about as gimmicky as you're going to get. But that's not really a gimmick. That is meant to contain and 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 eliminate outside influences. And it's really designed to 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 really make it as clean a match as, as can be. Of course, they use the cage as a weapon, and that's fine. But a but a ladder match. I don't I don't see that in the forecast. Not to say that it wouldn't happen. Again, I'm teachable on this, and and who knows 
what the landscape will look like a year from now or two years, but it just would strike me as very unlike what, what we're selling, you know, with the NWA. Well, I do remember last time that I was in a bar fight with a guy, um, we decided we were going to take it outside and he set up a ladder and he was like, first one up wins the fight. So that is kind of realistic, you know, a ladder match. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Well, generally when you're trying to finish a fight outside of the bar on a Saturday night, you definitely want to do it with a swan con off the ladder <laughs> to a table. That would be the way to. And I was you like, where's this? I was like, was there a briefcase? There was a briefcase up there for some reason. Like, I, I'm a <laughs> and I had to get it. Why the hell is there a briefcase? <laughs> I don't know, but it's realistic, oh, man. man. That's how fights go. The bottom line is this. The NWA is a spectator sport oriented around prize fights for titles. And titles should be determined in, in matches by gentlemen's rules, which are you face a competitor between the ropes. These are the rules, and you have to pin them two or three counts, sometimes two out of three times in a row. And uh, and I don't see a ladder or any other gimmick satisfying that basic requirement for what the sport is other than a cage. A cage does not violate that. But it, it, anything else to me is is not wrestling in the way that I understand it. I'm not going to say it's not pro wrestling because, you know, obviously the WWE and AEW have been doing things like that for a long time, or WWE has at least. Uh, and there's an audience for it, and that that, but but for uh, as a spectator sport, you know, you watch MMA. There's a cage. They got a cage, but you're not going to find a, a ladder or a, a coffin or whatever, whatever you know, flaming ring or or a dog on whatever you know. <laughs> it's you know. I do. I do want to take a second to acknowledge something WWE front row said that is counter. I think I I. I I don't know if he's trying to counter what I'm saying, but I think it kind of counters something that I'm saying um, where he talks about that. He thinks that WWE is also not marketing to casual fans uh, They're Maybe they're just big enough. They get all the casual fans, um, but that he mentions, you know, that, that they're, they're targeting hardcore fans as well. Uh, you know, he's been to WrestleMania. That is not for, the economically concerned family uh by any by any so that's a that's a fair point yeah um all right I mean, what else do we got here go they, ahead rob they, i'm sorry they, they cast a big net i mean they're they're the they're the biggest guys out there so they're you know you're always going to you're going to have some very devoted wdb fans like guys like wrestling days you know very devoted they they watch everything and they've been devoted for years uh, and they're marketing a lot to kids. Uh, but I, I guess for me, like the WWE is always, and this is certainly not an insult on somebody like wrestling days or anybody like that, but, but generally speaking, the WWE product or something is designed for a, a more limited attention span. I don't know if that makes sense to, to follow a lengthy match and, and a, and a well-developed and crafted human <laughs> storyline than something for a cheap thrill, you know? And there's nothing wrong with cheap thrills. I mean, to me, it's like, I think Nick Aldis was saying this in one of the, uh, in the Doug, the Doug Williams, uh, what's causing all this. He said, you know, sometimes everything can't be gone with the wind. Sometimes you need cars on fire and, and, and gunfights, you know, sometimes you need that. So. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of Nick Aldis, uh, we'll give a shout out to uh, Give Me a Whole Yeah podcast. You said the chat saying we just interviewed Nick Aldis. Awesome dude. He is really behind NWA's future and is super invested to create an alternative show to the other companies out there. 100%. Uh, you'll, you watch our stuff or listen, you'll find that we are huge fans of what Nick Aldis brings to the table. And he is the, the statesman of the NWA. Like he is... Uh, uh, he's he's the man and so congrats for getting him for an interview uh definitely want to check that out and see what you guys talked about uh a lot of a lot of consensus for you rob that uh that the cage match would be the thing for the nwa uh shout out to work shoot wrestling podcast we interviewed david Starr, big Vito, and somebody named gary horn recently yeah that was me i was there uh, right before David Starr, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, celebrity. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, I, I messed up WWE Front Row. He is saying, no, I'm saying they only market to casual fans. I'm missing your point here, apparently. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry that I screwed it up. They feel like they have the hardcore fans in their pocket already. People who know Vince have said as much. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So they they know they've got the hardcore, so they don't worry about them. So they do concern themselves with just marketing to the casual fan. That, that makes perfect sense. Uh, James Lawrence talking about Nick really believes in the product. Uh give me a whole yeah podcast says thanks man he goes into not accepting pay for a while a fun interview a man's getting paid by somebody um you can't buy suits like that if you ain't getting paid <laughs> all right a work shoot wrestling podcast does ask this and this is a this is a good way to, to kind of round out some conversation to it if you guys have anything else throw it in the chat make sure you subscribe make sure you share and tell people about this show and come hang out with us so we can have more fun discussions like this. You guys keep us going. Uh, this, especially the latter part, uh, you know, it's all about the conversation in the chat. Workshoot Wrestling Podcast asked, how many great matches have there actually been, though? Match quality, not storytelling, like actual great match quality in the NWA. And I, I'm sure that he means, uh, or they mean, in the modern iteration of the NWA. Uh, Rob, do you want to tackle that first? Or, I mean, I have some thoughts. I would, or... say, I would say the entire Tim Storm Aldous series, the entire Cody Aldous series, I would say that uh, Thunder Rosa, Allison K, Nick Aldous, Ricky Morton, um, the Ricky Morton uh, and James uh, James Storm, Nick Ald uh, uh, Eli Drake match, uh, at practically every match on the 70s show the the uh, 70 anniversary show was amazing the crockett cup there are some classic matches uh you you've got to go back for the last two years and and, and really delve into 10 pounds of uh, of gold and 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 watch some of the gems that are sitting there on uh on uh, uh power uh that's on youtube but you, you say the same thing going back to it. A classic match is just that. A classic match distinguishes itself. So you go back into the 80s, and there are matches that have a great bit of a great amount of nostalgic appeal for us, like the Nikita Magnum Best of Seven. 
I wouldn't really consider any of those matches a classic match. I would consider like Magnum Tully a classic match. Uh, but but to me that that Nikita Magnum series was so great. It's not just classic matches; it is classic storylines. But uh, the NWA has no shortage of classic matches. The the uh, NWA seventy Cody Rhodes Nick Aldis match was amazing. It was one that was it could have been written by Jeffrey Chaucer in the Canterbury Tales. It was so good. Um, and again, I, I really enjoyed the the Nick Aldis Ricky Morton match. <laughs> and I don't know that. Well, I don't want to blow this for you. I, I don't want to. Well, I'm not going to say anything more about it. But if you've not gotten there yet, it is a real treat. So much so that Billy Corgan does something he never does, and he comes out <laughs> at ringside for that match. And and uh, it, it's it's it it was really really quite good. Um, so. I, I, Cool man nine five two brought up the Nick Aldis. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Who was it? Uh, somebody brought up the Ricky Morton match. Beside yourself, but I just want to take a second to just can we just soak in the fact that uh, the doc here just compared a Nick Aldis match to the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> I'm, not think... I'm not shocked. <laughs> that doesn't shock. I just think... <laughs> Look, I, I just. Uh... In so, terms of morality play, man, you're, it, it is to me like I, if you follow Piper's notes, this is the thing that I really believe in. It's my mission, man. And that's to show that wrestling is not cheap thrills. It's not, it's not sleazy entertainment. It is high culture. It is the modern day morality play. It's modern day mythology and philosophy and, and, and human interaction and uh, all wrapped up in the guise of competitive performance sports. So uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, his uh, James Lawrence points out all this versus Flip Gordon. Flip Gordon, the flat earther himself, who's the the perennial underdog. They had a, an amazing match. Is it a classic? Some people might think it is, but it's a doggone good match. So uh, well, you it, know, there's it. It, it depends. It all. It I all saw him, but on, it, it all depends on what you would call a great wrestling match. Because I would answer that question by saying, I honestly can't think of a bad one. Right? If you're yeah. just going to say good and bad. If the question is how many good matches have they actually had, well, pretty much all of them. But when you talk about Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull at Crockett Cup 2019, I had chills, man. I haven't yeah. had that since I watched VHS. I'm glad you brought that one up. Because that was, that was a match of matches. Like that was the equivalent of what we grew up on, the feeling that you got. And, and, I, and I said this to you guys, and I think I probably said it on the show before, but it was like when I used to go to Blockbuster and rent uh, you know, WrestleMania, whatever, and watch that main event. And it was just, it, it, it was unbelievable from bell to bell. And the story was there. The skill was there. Everything made sense. And I was like, man, where I've missed this. So to me, like, it's all good. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's not trying to be politically correct or trying to be a, an NWA show. I mean, I can think of several matches that didn't really do it for me. Colt Cabana matches, stand out in my mind as ones that I could, could take or leave. Right. But they, they were part of the show, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, to answer that question, man, go, go back and watch all the ones Rob mentioned, watch definitely the top of my list, Nick Aldis, Marty scroll Crockett cup, 2019. It's free on YouTube on the NWA's YouTube channel. Go watch it. If it doesn't give you chills and it doesn't give you that same feeling, then, you know, it's probably may not be the promotion. You have no soul. Yeah. 
Right. We, we well, also. I'm not. I'm not, not going to say that. I'll just say it may not be the promotion for you to to hit your wagon to, um, <laughs> right. because that's, no, that, I, that that defines what the NWA is about. That feeling, that match, that story, um, really defines the kind of fan that the NWA is going after. Well, because because the thing is, like your your the trick is with the great match. You're talking about good and bad, and and like Rob's talking about his his definition of that thing. Um, the you know you you got to decide what it is that you base a good or bad match on because like a lot of people are going to say like uh matches in AEW like a lot of the matches on the last pay-per-view at double or nothing were like great matches but a lot of people are going to tell you those are garbage matches and um and I'm not saying they're garbage I I I fell somewhere along the way depending on which match you're talking about um but all of that is subjective and a lot of times what goes into a good match for me is still that storyline and i know that the question was trying to not add in storytelling but i have a hard time separating that because a lot of times that how much i'm invested into that fight is part of what makes that match really really good um but man, I know I'm glad Will brought up uh, Marty Scroll and Nick Aldis at Crockett Cup 2019 because that was the best match on the best show I saw that year. Yeah. And I was there front row and I, I don't even know, you know, I, I, I tell you all day that it was not just because I was there. It was just because that's what I believed. But I mean, you know, maybe I can't be sub, uh, objective to it, but there is dude, no I don't know. There, there's no such thing as brute fact and objectivity. It's all subjective, but you're right, 100% right. And 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 you think of like a, a what you're saying about the storyline. Watch MMA. Watch boxing prize fights. Every time you you buy one of those pay per views, they spend the most of the show telling the story. They're trying to bring you into to the drama. You know, you'll spend you watch an MMA show. They'll spend 45 to minutes to an hour showing how you know what the personal stories are between the competitors, how they're past cross you know same thing with boxing you're right man there is no divorcing the storyline from from the match one of the things that was lacking from the 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 james storm nick all this match from into the fire which could have been a great great match and it was a great match don't get me wrong but you know it lacked the gravity of a marty Skrull and a tim storm you know what i'm saying that it was cool that they did that and, and but they they're and they've got a history too but it, it wasn't really being promulgated at that point one of the things that I want to point out, like, and we forget because Josephus has not really played a, a prominent story since power began. Uh, he's sort of, you know, ebbed and flowed and been in and out. But, and I know people didn't like the empty arena match, but the feud between Josephus and Tim Storm or Josephus and Crimson, you know, that those were pretty freaking epic, man. I mean, those were some great, great matches and great stories. Well, it- and I think uh, WWE front row, uh, he, I mean, he's saying he sat ringside at Crockett Cup. He's never been as invested as he was in, as, as that match and all this versus Skrull. Uh, but uh, I think he's the one who also brought up, uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa versus Allison Kay uh, stole the pay-per-view hard times. Like that those two, that hmm. was the ultimate match. So to props to the, even the women's matches. So, they're there. Like, I mean, if I'm just reading through the matches, uh, Cool Man 952, James Storm versus Nick Aldis, front row, Thunder Rosa versus Allison Kay, 
uh, James Lawrence, Aldis versus Storm in episode one of NWA Power. Uh, that's, cool a man, nine, that's a class. Yeah. Cool Man 952, Aldis versus Ricky Starks, Aldis versus Marty. Uh, yeah, Tim Storm versus Josephus, 10 pounds of gold. Uh, yeah, Nick Aldis versus Flip, Aldis versus Flip. There's another one for that one. Uh, Aldis versus James Storm and Into the Fire. Anytime Matt Cross is in an NWA ring, it's magic. Hey, man, I'll back you up on that. I love Matt Cross and I love his passion for the business. So they're there. The matches are there. I was, I'm glad that you started down that path because where I was going to go is that inside the NWA episode where Billy Corgan and uh, David Legato are talking to Joe Galley, they actually talk a little bit about match quality, that that was not their first concern. Like as far as, as far as five-star, you know, quote unquote, five-star matches, that was not their initial idea. It was about creating people that you believed in having people on a platform that you bought into what they were doing and uh, giving those people a chance, whether they be older people trying to get a second chance or newer people trying to get a first chance or whatever the case, people that you believed in that they were there in the match, you were convinced that they would, that they would matter. And uh, that was their first concern. And, 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 and I think specifically Corgan says in that, that, you know, like obviously, match quality comes along in that eventually but first you got to care and so uh you know i think they're concerned with it so i get what you're saying they're not like seeking out like all of the top tier folks that you could side you know there's no uh god i don't know no kitty omegas no uh what's that dude over in new japan i can't think not okada but yeah, there's a bunch. Anyway, the point is, is that you know they're they're concerned about the characters right now because that's what they can do. There's a lot of people looking for opportunity, so that makes sense. That's where you'd invest the time. Uh, but yeah, character development is is the the big part of a worksheet wrestling. Uh, and uh, yeah, James Lawrence even bitches Josephus versus Tim Storm in the empty arena. I, I like mean, it. that wasn't like some five-star classic like new japan pro wrestling match but you wanted to see those two fight by the time that that happened for sure yeah. uh yeah and abushi that that was another guy uh all right so uh we're getting ready to wrap this thing up will's gotta go take a nappy poo and we both have to work in the morning so uh rob has to work too but I mean, we're still sitting here drinking beer and talking to you guys. So uh, if you guys got anything else you want to talk about, you gotta you gotta get it in there. No, and and, and for the record, I'm thinking of the you know I don't want this to be a race thing, but who's the white guy in New Japan? Will Osprey. Will Osprey. God dang, that's that's the guy. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, I see people trying to guess it, and so. Uh, Front row, Aaron Stevens versus the Christmas tree. That was classic. <laughs> Match of the year. Ricky Starks versus the broomstick, man. <laughs> oh, man. Ricky Starks did put on a match against the broomstick once, like the second quarantine hit. Yeah, man. This is great conversation. I love hanging out with you guys in the chat, like just uh, shooting the uh, wrestling and just talking about what we like and what we don't like. I think at the end 
end of the day, I like it a lot of similar things. Uh, I was not thinking of Zach Saber uh, for Shoot Wrestling Podcast, but that guy is awesome. And him, uh, I actually said this to Nick not too long ago, like in a conversation, like on one of these shows, I think uh, that him him versus Zack Sabre Jr. would be so awesome. Just two British guys going at it. Like, I think they would have an appreciation for each other, and I don't think they've met. Uh, and uh, thank you, Give Me a Hell Yeah podcast for the new sub. We appreciate it. That's that's really cool of you. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate any any subs we get. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, the other white guy. Zack Sabre Jr. is the other white guy. <laughs> New Japan's awesome, by the way. I was I was not as involved into that, uh, but I will say uh, Kojima from there was that the guy that was in the Crockett Cup? Uh, uh, he was in the tag team. I love that guy. The second time, some great wrestlers. So I'm for all of these guys getting together. Uh, I am I am all for it. And yes, British British wrestling uh has some great talents. Wow. The best talent in the world <laughs> right now. British Actually, talent. I I mean it's arguable that, that like the, the, the Brits have the best wrestlers in the world uh, right, now. right now. They do. <laughs> Top notch. Like, I mean, between Skrull and Aldous and Zack Saber Jr. and Tom uh Latimer. Yeah, Kip. Kip Sabian is British, Sabian. right? Yeah, yeah. This is the gold yeah. medal, and there have been ebbs and flows in, in with British talent, but this right, Doug Williams. You know, I know he's semi-retired or, or retired, but this is the greatest age of British wrestling, and we're and and a Brit holds the the only championship in the world that matters, the the world's heavyweight championship. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, yeah, I would love to see Jay White versus Aldis also WWE front row. I think they'd have a fun feud. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We love you guys so much. We appreciate you keeping us going so long on a uh, Tuesday night uh, after Carnyland, and we love where these conversations take us. We never know where it's going to go, and this one was no exception and just how awesome it could be. Um, if you want to follow us, uh, Will, why don't you tell people where they can follow you online if they'd like to talk to you because you have a very special show. Hey, it's Will Daily. Yes, uh, Hey, it's Will Daily um, is a daily show on this channel that you're watching this on. So if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Um, I just cover, you know, talking points from wrestling culture, wrestling news from an NWA fan's perspective. Um, and obviously I cover NWA content. There's a lot of content coming out. So if you're having trouble keeping up with it, I try to spotlight the must watch content of the day. I'm trying out some new different uh, formats. So check that out. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's will with one L um, you can find me on TikTok Now uh, I'm experimenting a little bit with that, trying to build a wrestling community over there around some fun wrestling video content. And uh, on TikTok, I'm at, real hey it's will um because there's a fake one out there and uh instagram hey it's will uh snapchat don't really use it that much but uh yeah pretty much 
find me hey it's will on on all the social platforms and would love to connect and uh tag me in anything or, or send things my way that you think should be spotlighted on the daily show things that may uh, go under the radar because um, i just want to create kind of a hub for everyone to be informed about wrestling culture and and the fun stuff to talk about the, the talking points for the day so yeah appreciate it cool rob why don't you tell people how they find you my friend right i am at r stinson four on twitter um i have a, a couple different shows we do uh we do piper's notes that comes out on friday uh we do uh table talk which you can find most of those back episodes on stinson vision but they will they will be on uh, on this is the NWA uh, podcast channel from here here on out. They're not specifically wrestling related; they're more fatherhood related. Uh, but it's it's fun. It, it, it's kind of humorous and all that. It's just me, uh, really uh, being the best dad I can be at the best point in my life for my youngest daughter. And wrestling does does come into play from time to time. Uh, I'm not yet. <laughs> they love when I say this stuff, but I'm not yet on the Tic Tacs or the Snapbooks. Um, I am on MySpace. Uh, you can find me at Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll friend you if you join. Uh, but uh, other than that, man, uh, this <laughs> this is the NWA pod. Like, share, uh, retweet. Uh, thank you for your support. We love what we do. We're just a bunch of buddies hanging out, talking wrestling, man, enjoying each other's company, and we, we enjoy your company as well. So thank you. Yeah, and a uh, quick shout-out in the chat. If you guys don't already, let's support each other. At WWE Front Row is in there. Uh, James Lawrence hosts the 10 pounds of gold national wrestling Alliance fan club group in Facebook. And that thing is growing like nothing else. It is incredible. It's well over a thousand uh, people in that group, just NWA fans of classic NWA and modern NWA. Uh, we love that you show up here, James. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And uh, we've got no problem uh, directing to join your group because uh that's where i want to try to post from i think we even shot the live stream out from that group the other day uh and uh work shoot pod uh was here that's at work shoot pod i was on their show they do some good stuff some good guys and uh uh also james lawrence is on uh twitter and uh stuff at at nwa fan james three that's three eyes though like the ec3 thing three eyes all right anyway i'm at this is gary horn on all the social medias the podcast is at the nwa pod we're on spotify on itunes on everywhere you want to find a podcast and of course right here on youtube and we would be honored if you would just hit that subscribe because we just tried to grow this thing man we want to hang out and talk wrestling with all of you folks uh Make sure you do that, and uh, I guess uh, unless you guys have anything else, nothing. nothing, nothing. All right. Well, gravy cake. hashtag like, gravy cake. Hashtag gravy cake. That's what this all is. This is this is gravy cake, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy that gravy cake.